The jury in the Alex Jones defamation monetary damages hearing has awarded the families $45 million. Now, my understanding, I've, we've got a couple articles, there's punitive damages that they're capped at two times the damages plus 750000 which means Alex Jones with co- uh, compensatory damages is on the hook for about $13 million. I don't know how much it, that's going to impact him. He says that's, that's, that's devastating. But the crazy thing about the story is that the lawyer asked the jury to destroy InfoWars. That's what he said. He said, destroy his platform. And I'm paraphrasing, by the way, destroy his platform and make sure he cannot rebuild it. Considering the rare circumstance where a default ruling was, uh, was uh, presented, Jones never had a jury trial, the right to defend himself. A lot of people are saying this is the whole thing was just an attempt to destroy InfoWars because, well, Alex Jones backed Trump, uses his platform to call out things like Epstein. And uh, well, that's what they're saying it's about. I think it's fair to point out that Alex Jones was wrong about what he said about the Sandy Hook families and even his own employees brought it up. But this seems to be this is it's just absolutely it's a crazy story. So we'll talk about that. And then, man, we got to talk about this other story, too, because it's just it's, it's going crazy in the media. I talked about it at 4 p.m. This video out of Vegas of an Asian store clerk at a smoke shop and uh, some guy jumps the counter and then the clerk just knifes him and it, it looks like the dude gets killed. So we're going to talk about all of that. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com and become a member if you'd like to support our work and you'll get access to our exclusive members only shows. We have a uh, TimCast IRL podcast here on the website Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. And then we also have a couple new shows. We have Tales from the Inverted World and we're going to be launching the rebooted Cast Castle which is kind of behind the scenes and kind of just fun us doing bits. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be comedic. Of course, it's also pop culture crisis, but you've got to be a member for that. They're live Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. So don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about this news and more is Tucker Max. What's up? Do you want to introduce yourself for those who may not know who you are? <laughs> um, let's see. I've written four New York Times bestsellers. Hope they serve beer in hell is the famous one. Right now, I'm pretty boring, man. I live on a ranch outside of Austin with four kids and a bunch of animals. and It's not boring on a day-to-day basis, but there's not like that funny stories anymore. It's not like, oh, my sheep did something so funny today. No, they didn't. They're just sheep. You, you, people were chatting that you were like the OG guy of the blogosphere, like yeah. writing the stuff online and stuff True. back in the day. Yep. Right on. Well, should be. Thanks for coming. We got a lot to talk about, so I'm yep. glad you're here. We got Hannah Claire Brimelow, of course. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimelow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. Right on. Ian Crossland over here. Hello, everyone. Good to see you. Good to meet. Um, Let's keep it rolling. We got Chris Poole on the mic. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Chris. All right. We're going to jump into that first story. These intros, they should go so much quicker these days. All right. uh, First story over the New York Post. Alex Jones ordered to pay $45.2 million in punitive damages to Sandy Hook parents. Let's get some important context here real quick, though. This is from AboveTheLaw.com. Texas damages cap looms over Alex Jones' Sandy Hook defamation case. They basically lay it out. The family wants $150 million. They've awarded 45 But this is where it's interesting. They say here, others have pointed out that Texas law caps punitive damages at twice the compensatory damage award plus $750,000. Moreover, an exemplary damage award requires a, uh, an, an unanimous, a unanimous jury and only 10 of the 12 jurors agreed on the original $4.1 million compensatory award. And if the jury's original award was for non-economic damages, i.e. to compensate for the pain and suffering, they may only get the $750,000 in this phase of the trial, 
which is perhaps why plaintiff's counsel tried to anchor the jury at $150 million in the first place. So it looks like all in all, Alex Jones will end up being on the hook for about $13 million. They say Texas law prohibits telling the jury about the cap. So it may well return a massive verdict, which will then be reduced to comply with the statute, sending a signal about Jones's moral culpability, but allowing him to walk away with a slap on the wrist in light of the company's annual revenues in the neighborhood of $65 million. The interesting thing here is, this is what, uh, let, me, let me read here. Let me read you what the lawyer said. Quote, I ask that with your verdict, you not only take Alex Jones's platform that he talks about away, I ask that you make sure that he can't rebuild the platform. That's what matters. Lawyer Wesley Ball said, that is punishment. That is deterrence. Um, no, that's execution. Punishment is like, we're going to make you pay a lot of money and you're, you're going to learn how to do this again. What he's talking about is completely destroying Alex Jones and everybody who works for him. So that's it. There it is. This is what everybody assumed this was all about. Alex Jones was, uh, was, uh, it was a default judgment. He wasn't allowed to defend himself. They claim, and uh, maybe correct, that he did not comply with discovery. Alex Jones claims he did. It's a crazy story, man. What freaks me out is that they just nuked his company. I mean, I, I think, in my opinion, Jones probably has a ton of cash because he's been doing this for a long time. And I'd be willing to bet he hid a lot of it. Why wouldn't he have? But it looks like they're just trying to destroy as much of this company as possible, especially with 2024 coming up and Trump probably running again. Yeah, I feel like when you're as uh, financially successful as Alex Jones is, you know well in advance to set up systems that will protect your money. I mean, it's not like he's just sticking. I mean, maybe he is, but he's probably not sticking the cash in the walls of his house. It's it's hidden under tax shelters or in trusts. I mean, not that I could fault him or anyone else for doing that. Why would you leave that much cash vulnerable? Yep. Um, this I, is why people set up LLCs for like everything. Mm -hmm. You ever notice this? For people who are renting, you may notice you're paying rent to like your address. Yeah. Like if you live at 123 Fake Street, you write a rent check to 123 Fake Street LLC and then you mail it in because they want to limit the liability. You slip and fall in that house, you sue them. They only got that one house in that company. Yep. But the people who own that house, they probably own 50 houses all under their own LLCs. Yep. <clears throat> or basic things. You put your money in a trust or a series of protected trusts or blind trusts and then they're not you when you call, even if you get this damage, you can't seize those trusts. So how does how how would that work? How does a can you explain like how a trust would work? Look, just because I went to law school, I don't doesn't mean no, I know no, anything. No. He's trying no, to I, distance no. himself from his past. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so basically, what a trust is is it's like it's almost imagine like a corporation, but it doesn't have a job to do other than uh, be a vehicle for money. So like I have a trust in my uh, we have a Max Family Trust. And uh, like most of my assets are in the Max Family Trust, and my wife and I are the executors of the trust, and our children are their beneficiaries, right? So if I were to like get drunk and drive like an idiot and do something stupid and hurt somebody and they sue me and win, they can't seize the trust, right? They can only seize my personal assets. You know, I have a few cars, whatever, we have some nonsense, but there's not a whole lot you can take. Um, and it's a way of protecting assets both from basically from seizure is well, the main thing is there a risk uh, i mean yeah there's a few but not really like uh, uh, uh what's a risk a risk is my wife and i could get divorced and the way we have our trust set up is not like super well situated for that that possibility and then um I mean, if I live a long time, there's certain things I can't do with the assets in that trust because they're in a trust. Like I can't just 
um, uh, I can't unilaterally decide I'm going to sell my property because my wife is an executor as well. So we both have to decide. What if it was a single like single member trust or something? Yeah, like well, that? then it depends on the trust, right? Yeah. So like, uh, um, you can't just say, okay, my stuff's in a trust, and so no one can sue me. Like, you have there's certain legal structures you have to go through. Like, uh, there's there are so many different trusts: blind trusts, irrevocable trusts, spendthrift trusts. It just depends on what you're doing. And certain ones are protected from certain like legal liabilities. Some are not. Some are protected from almost all. It really just depends. It seems know. seems crazy though. I mean, if if that's the case, then why wouldn't Alex Jones just be like, "Here's three hundred million dollars and putting so it in trust"? So I like I don't. Alex seems kind of crazy to me. So maybe he has or hasn't. But most people I know who have serious money, like you, you get into the eight figures and above, then you start protecting your assets and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't there some? Wasn't there? I don't. He's been in a couple lawsuits related to Sandy Hook, and if I'm remembering correctly, at one point they were arguing that he financially benefited off of the suffering that he put like the family and parents through by promoting conspiracy theory or whatever the claim was. So part of it is like, I remember, and I hate to quote this because I don't have something in front of me to reference, but he um, he had, they had wanted him to say basically how much money he had made during that time period because it gained him. He was well known, but it was one of the things that really uh, gave him a certain amount of notoriety and that turned into financial benefit. And so therefore the argument would be, and I believe is that the family is actually entitled to this profit because he made it unfairly off of that. Right, right, right. So he, in some ways he wants to hide it. I'm not saying he does, but like he would want to hide his money if that were true. I'm not, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to imply you're a financial expert, right. but if you had a trust like this, could, could, it, could there be like a bank account with just cash in it? You could pull money out whenever you wanted. Uh, you can set up trust like that. Totally. Yeah. It's not that hard. Cause like, you know, first when I heard that they were getting, going after him for $4 million, I was like, Alex Jones is worth a lot. He can right. easily cover. $4 well, I know million. he has I at said, least two kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I know he has kids. So like if he has any sense at all or anyone around him has sense, he has trust set up probably individually for the kids and then family trusts. And that's just one way to shelter money. There's a lot of other ways. Like, you know, you, he like can, Panama. Well, yeah, Panama Papers is great. No, <laughs> right. Uh, I don't think he's operating at that level. Like those tended to be serious, serious wealth. Um, uh, but you, there's plenty of places you can buy property. Um, dude, just the state of Texas, it's really hard to seize bankruptcy, either seize assets in a bankruptcy or from a legal judgment. It's very, and there's a lot of weird rules in Texas. It's that, really hard. Th- this is why I see this and they're like, you know, the lawyer says, make sure he can't rebuild his company. I'm like, there's literally nothing you can That's do. That's just posturing, I'm pretty sure. I think, you know, yeah. some people have claimed, I, I saw people tweeting that uh, they're filming a documentary about it or whatever. Right. So everything's really hammed up. But I'm like, even, even if Alex Jones, every last penny was taken from him, some random guy will walk up on the street with a cell phone and film Alex Jones ranting and it'll get millions of views. Yeah. Like they yeah, just, yeah. you can't take that away from somebody. No, no. Social we, capital, it's, it's invaluable. Or, and, and just the ability that he has, whatever it may be. I mean, the dude yells and people watch. He's already an established name. I mean, people know him. Maybe if you had cut him off years and years and years ago, he wouldn't have the kind of influence that he has today, but that's just really not the case. He's an established brand with or without the company. Yeah, and I I also don't know if you could ever have cut him off. It's just like the kind of guy he is. He's he's a he's a he's a bull charging through. He's gonna. He, he was my understanding from people who know him. He was like that in high school. Like <laughs> that's just it. no, really. He used to walk around the halls like yelling about injustice, uh, some whatever was the thing at the time. Like yeah, he I think he's just one of those dudes. Yeah. 
Yeah, they clearly don't like him. So I guess the the, the conspiracy theory, as it were, I, I don't even know if you can call it a theory or a conspiracy or whatever, but the idea is that all of this is just to find the vulnerability in InfoWars to knock the whole thing down. People have left the company because of uh, stuff like this. Yeah. But I, I think, to be fair, I mean, the dude defamed private individuals, and this is what happens. <laughs> I mean, I remember when he was talking about that. I'm like, dude, what are you, like, yeah. there's things that you can make the false flag claim on. I don't think this is it, dude. <laughs> yeah. what, what, this like is this. not a hill to plant your flag. I, I guess, you know what? I guess the argument they're making is that it was working for them. It was getting the clicks and people were eating yeah. it up. Yeah. There were people at the company telling them to stop because it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Now, apparently, there's like two more defamation suits that are coming up. Yeah, from the, from Sandy Hook families. So, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to stop. I mean, look, I, I understand why the families would be pissed. You know? Oh, was that sorry. some fall over? No, yeah. I totally just kicked the trash. He's throwing out. stuff oh, at beyond, me. It's beyond very pissed. aggressive. <laughs> beyond pissed. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, with Kyle Rittenhouse, I, th I said this. I'm like, look, man, you know, I'm going to give anybody the same uh, benefit of the doubt initially. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're Walter Cronkite or if you're Alex Jones or whatever. And then, you know, I'll, I'll when you say something, I'll fact check it. And that's all that matters. I'm not here to play these, these like, who do I like, who do I don't like games. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's very clear that when you look at, I'll, I'll be careful how I say this, what people are saying about the court case, they don't care whether Alex no. Jones is telling the truth, whether he's lying. They just hate him. They want him gone. I think he's like a mythical figure at this point to yeah. a lot of people. Like he is this symbol of all the horrible dark corners of the internet that they're afraid of and supposed to stay away from. And, you know, that may not be exactly who Alex is, but they see it as sort of this righteous victory over him because he is a representation of a larger problem with society. We got a cult. Let me pull up this next story in this saga. Daily Mail says Alex Jones is worth $270 million. Forensic accountant tells court true worth of InfoWars founder. I'm wondering how much of this is just bluster nonsense. And they're saying this so that they can rip the, the you know, just gut the company. Because if you come out and you say he makes $800,000 a day, which was like one day, it was like two days or something like yeah. that. And then you claim he's worth $270 million, you justify a massive hit. Settlement, of, right, of course. Yeah. Right. Or, or judgment, yeah. And then what if it turns out he actually just doesn't have anything? I mean, because I wouldn't be surprised. I guess he's divorced, you know? He's an ex-wife or something like that. Well, and like, why would he keep... $270 million sitting his bank account. Like, Well, I mean, when some, when a forensic accountant says something is worth something, what they mean yeah. is the sale price. Right. Like, the the best market price. Like, I mean, I just built a company that's worth, you know, I don't know. In the well, actually, I know exactly what it's worth. It's worth a lot. Not $270 million, But, like, let's say the company is worth, I don't know, $60 million, right? That means that's the sale price. You know, we're not making $60 million a year, even top line. Right, like it's sixty million is the cost of the asset, not what it, the value it produces. I'd I'd love to see the financials. I'd be shocked if he. Someone said he's doing sixty million a year now. He's doing one eighty pre ban from YouTube yep. and everything, right? Pre deplatforming. Yeah. So sixty would make sense. That's that's three, that's sixty percent down. They the the guy apparently says that Jones. He says records show that Jones withdrew sixty two million dollars for himself in twenty twenty one when default judgments were issued in lawsuits against him. They said he was also funneling $11,000 a day into one of his shell companies after he was alleged to have defamed parents and victims of, of Sandy Hook. Uh, I don't know, man. 
They say, uh, apparently, this guy is saying that he rakes in about $70 million a year from InfoWars. The question is, is that revenue or profit? It's got to be top line. There's no way that's profit. Like, yeah. Of course, they're going for the bigger number. Right, of course. Yeah, so if 70 is the top line, and it depends how he structures his company, right? And most of that money is on supplements, right? That's the pre- presumption, is that the vast majority of that is supplement sales. Well, so the question is how... Now, if he has some deal with an external company, he may only be taking 20, 30% of that, you know? And so if it's, I'm going to totally make up numbers. If it's 50 million from supplement sale, from supplement sales, his cut may only be 20%. They brought this up in the trial. They asked, they said that, uh, or Jones testified his profit margin was 20 to 40%. <clears throat> Makes sense. And then they said in a text message, someone said a 70% profit. And he's like, well, that's not correct. Well, on the media company though, maybe. Right, you run a media company. You you can run a media company if you, once you get some scale, you can run that pretty profitably. Right? YouTube's a crazy business, man. If you if you spend money one time on a camera, right, and then uh, start working, yeah. it can be ninety five hundred percent profit. Exactly. Right. So so it depend. He could be seventy percent on his subscription model, right? Yeah. But then the supplements, it all depends. I doubt he's running a supplement company. He's probably got like partners. In fact, I could probably figure no, out who's partners. No, I'm pretty are. sure I'm pretty sure he has like three companies. Right. I, I could be wrong. And um like one of them does supplements right. and then he contracts them. Yeah, and to that's, other people who do the fulfillment and everything, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, like he doesn't Yeah, he, he said that the stuff he gets is the same stuff as like GNC and Whole Foods right, or something. Exactly. Like that. So so he's probably making it's almost like an affiliate deal. Right. So he's probably making 20% on that. So yep. like uh, you look at a blended average, I could totally see it 25-30% on the whole company, 70 on media, you know. When the so. news came out, I got a whole bunch of messages and people tweeting at me being like Alex Jones 200 to 800,000 dollars per day. Yeah. People people just sent me a message being like 160 million dollars just like yeah. that dude is making an insane amount of money. But here here's what I here's what I think. If it's true, my question is, why wouldn't he be spending it on crazier things? He has a nice house in Austin. I know that it's expensive. Yeah, but I mean, if you're making that much I money, mean, if he, he really took sixty-two million for himself, I mean, there's a certain point. There's this two. There's like you can buy anything. You know. I mean, he could buy stuff, or he can. He we've already said he has two children. He can use it to create generational wealth. I mean, theoretically, if he managed it correctly, they could really support generations to come. I'm just saying, if it's true that he made that much money, where's the shenanigans from Alex Jones, you know? Like, we we put a a 96-foot billboard of our rooster, Roberto Jr., up in Times Square. And uh, they banned James Lindsay, so I'm like, do I got to put up a James Lindsay billboard? That's my thing now. Uh, I think so. So uh, we're going to look into it, because I'll totally do it. And we don't make nearly that much money. Like, we have enough to do these these funny things with... Yeah, but that's not who Alex is. And it's, it's not who anybody is. That's the problem. Nah, just you, there's some people. Yeah, just me, I guess. There's some. Well, but uh, Where's Elon to just like, I'm going to buy every billboard in you, Times Square and put a picture of you? You want me. the real answer on why? I'll, I'll tell you, this is going to sound super weird. Because like when I was, when I first started writing and I was like the OG on the internet and I was making a little bit of money, I, I was just making no money. And like a lot to me was like, oh, dude, I made 10 grand this month. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, this is yeah. more than I could ever spend. That's when I was single <laughs> and all, you know. And so like I did like uh, dumbass shit with my money too. Here's what happens though, man. As you, like I'm 46 now. I was 26 when I started writing. As you uh, kind of, de- as you accrue wealth and power and relationships, the more time you spend 
doing dumbass shit that draws attention to yourself, unless that's your business model, the uh, the weaker it gets. Real power wants to be invisible, yeah. right? And real wealth wants to be unseen. You know, like I I have a decent ranch in Dripping Springs, it's like fifty acres. You know, it's fine, right? I one of my good friends has a three hundred and fifty acre ranch on Barton Creek. It dude. <laughs> which was so expensive it's so nice and if you saw the gate to it you would think like it was some ranshackle like meth lab like around here like you would never he doesn't want anyone to know that he has this insane ranch with like that's god i mean like he doesn't want i've found it's it's happened to me too i've gotten more experience or more conservative and less like oh let's do cool ridiculous stuff just because as i've gotten older and richer but it's, it's, I get that for sure. But the question is like, Alex Jones is the culture warrior. Yeah, but that's, that's see, but what he cares about, I, right? Like, you know Business Alex pretty well. He, I think what, he's one of those dudes, I think he actually believes he's doing the right thing. And he actually cares about truth. And he, the dude's been ringing right, the right. Epstein bell for 15 years. I agree, which is, which is why I'm like, if he actually had this money, wouldn't he be doing substantially more to push this stuff? See, this is what I don't get. And look, yeah, it really maybe. does come down to my my personal worldview versus what other people think or see, right? It's just right. that simple. Some people make $62 million, and then they're like, better put that in my trust for my kids or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Me, I'm like, what, you know, we, we got Michael Malice, Luke Rudkowski up on billboards in Times Square yeah. because they've been on this show. I respect them. But I also think it's important to have their presence be expanded. And I got to tell you, the, the, the one, of, one of the things I'm most excited for was that we got Luke Ridkowski. Do you know Luke of yeah. We Are Change? I'm most excited about getting him up in Times Square on multiple billboards because he's the guy who only a couple of years ago like walks up to Donald, Donald Rumsfeld and starts questioning him. One of the few people who's gotten in the face of these CEOs and these big corporations. Right. And I was like, it's going to be the funniest thing in the world when his face is looking down on Times <laughs> Square. And then this yeah. guy who actually had the balls to go and question all these people is going to be you know of significant influence. That's what I want to see. It doesn't, it, it, you know, it benefits us because it's a Tim Cast ad. Right, of course. But I'm looking at this like, if we make enough money, how can we have a bigger impact on just making things better? Dude, that's awesome. And I'm with you. I'm just going to, and I'm not arguing this is right. I'm just no, telling I hear you, because I've you. seen my, I know a lot of people who are pretty uh, well known. I've seen, I've come up with them and I've seen the change in them. When people have something to lose, right? Like, they, when someone's young and just starting off or, or just got momentum and you don't have anything to lose, man, it's easy to do risky shit. As you, as you have more, have more people dependent on you, as you accrue more, most people become more risk averse. And quite frankly, like when you ha- start having a lot of money and you're able to turn, let's call it a youthful idealism into reality, you start being an actual threat to people in power. Oh yeah. And then when that lens turns on you, and I've had it turned on me, not quite the way Alex did, but it, I've it's a lot, dude. It's a lot. And so like again, not not saying he should or shouldn't be a certain way. I'm just saying there's a reason that very few people retain their idealism through wealth and power. Yeah. You know, and I'm not trying to single out Alex on this one. There's there's a ton of wealthy people who speak up and then seemingly don't do all that much. But, you know, there, there are a lot of people you'd think should do more, but do a lot. I'm not going to name anybody, but they're, they're powerful individuals who fund stuff. Yeah. And then I just, you know, but my question is, we've got cultural problems in this country. 
We've got cultural stagnation, cultural decay. We've got a culture war. And that's because there is no forward facing, no brazen, no adventurous, no heroic, no challenge, no figurative threat to the, to, to, you know, no one uh, ruffling the feathers up or anything like that. I think we need to, we need to get more people to figuratively throw a pie. That's what I keep saying to people. I'm like, dude, what did you do? You made, how much money did you make this year? And then you put it, you bought what? Like you did nothing with it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. I'm, you, I, I that's totally just me, I guess. I'm I, with I would, you. I, I would be happy living in a van down by the river. And everybody knows that's true. And that's why I'm like, okay, let's put up these billboards and just keep doing this, this, this crazy stuff. Because I want to see things get better. I want, I want to see a positive impact. I want to see positive cultural change. I don't see a benefit or a point to just having $60 million in a trust sitting somewhere. I totally I agree it. with you. I, yeah. I'm, I'm on board. Uh, let me tell you two things. One, I don't mean this in a negative way. It, I, I've seen it happen to me. Just wait until you have a wife and kids and you have like real money and that'll happen soon enough. It might take 10 years or whatever, but like it'll happen. But what, uh, is, what is real money? <clears throat> I mean like whatever you consider real money to be, you're, you're like you have that plus a zero. So right. do you mean like there comes a point where you're like, I thought I was rich, but now, wow. Yeah. But um, right. no, no I'm t- I, your views are going. I don't mean this like, oh, you're going to learn about the real world. No, 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 dude. You might still be super idealistic and doing all t- kinds of cool stuff. I hope you are. That's awesome. Just understand like it's it's very easy from a certain p- position to say, well, that person in that position should be doing that. They have all kinds of forces working on them that that are almost impossible to imagine until you get there. And I'm telling you, someone who started with nothing and went through all these phases. You know, I just, I just kind of feel like it's uh, at every step of the way. You know, I'll tell, I'll tell you this story. I remember watching a video about climate change activists or something. They went, they went to like a, a, an oil executive's house. Yeah, and then they were protesting, and there, right. and then the, he comes out. Right. And he sits down with them and he was like, say it all. Yeah. And then they started yelling at him and he just sat and listened. And then they were like, what do you have to say for yourself? And he's like, I completely agree with everything you said. Like we're, we're trying to figure this out. And then he, he, he rebutted with hundreds of hundred plus million people, 200 million people driving cars every day. And they're right. telling us we have to do this. And so we're trying to figure out how do we be better stewards of the earth when you have 200 million people who are making demands. And if you stop producing the oil, then the government comes in and says, why did you stop? People are screaming at us and demanding you do it. So you can't just, the point was, this dude at the highest level was like supposedly the villain. And he's like, but I agree with you. The problem is the machine is controlling you. So my thing is like, then you gotta just one day wake up and be like, I don't care for the machine. So, uh, you know, look, my, I'm saying. That's easy to say. Yeah, but but sixty million dollars. Come on, somebody hold can on. Throw. Uh, how did you get me defending the machine? <laughs> I hate them. Like I am the anti-machine. Uh, no, here's here's the thing. I I, I fundamentally fundamentally agree with your premises. The one thing I would, I I want to go back to what you said before uh, for a second when you were like, people need to do this and do that. You know why I think so many people are so what does Malice call it? Black pilled right now is because well, he says people are. Oh, right, right, no, right, he's right. white pilled, but right, so right, many right. other people black. Uh, because I think the old American story broke, right? And whenever it broke, and however it broke, it's broken, it's shattered. No one believes it anymore, and no one has replaced that story, right? And so that most people are followers. You know, not good or bad; they just are. 
And right now, the dominant narrative in America is a very toxic, destructive death cult. Like whatever, yeah. so, uh, yep. CRT or wokeism or that whole conglomeration of narratives are horribly anti-human and depressing and toxic. And there has been no narrative to replace it. And it's not, we're not going back to old school American exceptionalism. That's not going to work. That story, right or wrong, it's broken. And no one believes it anymore. So what's the next story? What's going to replace that? I don't have the answer. Yeah, transhumanism, you know? <laughs> I mean, well, no, the metaverse, I, I, no people becoming way. cyborgs. No. We've already got All our right, phones. Well, look, 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 look what we're doing look, now look, with zero Elon. money. We're we're displaying to a hundred million people. I think it, your your point is uh, uh, simply put. I think most people are looking at the culture right now and thinking. I have nothing in common with these people, right. so I won't do anything for them. What's the point? And so, you know, I describe it as like our government, for instance. The Titanic hit the iceberg. They saw it happen. Everyone else is clueless. They're they abandoning thought, ship. But they're stealing, <laughs> they they're stealing the silverware. They're stealing as everything they, they can as they do. They're, yes. they're, they, they got their, their, their vests loaded up with, with silverware, and they're in the lifeboat lowering it down. Just a routine test. Yeah. Just going to go talk. We'll be right back. And yeah. you're like, where are you going with all that really expensive stuff in that boat? Yeah. That's what I see happening in yes. this country. Agreed. But I think that's a good explanation for why we don't see more people. I think a simple explanation for you know Alex Jones is probably that they're, that's top line. They're claiming he has more money than he really does. Yes. Because Alex, I've seen his tank. I've seen the stuff he does when he right. drives that armored vehicle around. Yeah. He, he does spend a lot of money on this stuff. But I'm just wondering, you know, for how many culture warriors there are. Um, I shouldn't say I'm wondering. I'm, I, I get exactly what you're saying. I think most people have a large self-interest and then a smaller altruistic interest. But with no story. A lot of people will put resources behind a great movement. There's no great movement right now. I know a ton of people with, yeah. with like stupid, stupid money, private plane, private island money, not like me, like way more than me. And they're all sitting on it because even like people who like want, you know why? They don't know what to do with it. And I don't just mean they don't know how to invest it or they don't know how to make money because there's plenty that just care about making money, right? But the ones who want to do the right thing, who would love to, to, to back the next thing or help, I they, I know they don't know what to do. I know you are correct because I have seen very wealthy people talk about these issues and they are clueless as Utterly. to what's causing it. Utterly. Well, and I used to be a fundraiser. Like I remember when you would get people who would come in and say like I just I want to do something and I'm not sure and they are very susceptible to whoever messages them. I mean that's what a major gift opera officer for a nonprofit or a school does. They yes. court people who need direction how to donate their money. A really good example, I think, is look at all of the Twitter alternatives that exist. Like, okay, you got Gab, yeah. you've got Getter, you've got Truth Social, you've got Parler. Yeah. This is a really good example of, I think, what the issue is, is that people are like, hey, Twitter's banning conservatives and people who are challenging the establishment, so let's make a new Twitter. And the actual reality is the technology and the platform is not the problem. <laughs> the problem is culture. The cultural dominance and the issue that the people who run these companies like Twitter, they are ideologically driven. A hundred percent. So when you have a group of people who are well off, not particularly ideological driven, uh, ideologically, except they support free speech, they don't know how to solve the problem. They say, let's make a new Twitter. Con congratulations. Nobody uses it. There's yeah. already a place people are fighting with each other and arguing. What you need is like an Elon Musk to buy the Twitter. Right. That's a clever move. But I, what, I, what I said to some of these people when I'm sitting in these meetings, I'm like, you guys, you really don't get it. It's, it's a cultural problem. You need someone like Michael Malice. 
You need you need a masterful troll to create a cultural shift through a large cultural shock, which is why, you know, I mention my view on things is maybe 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 where I'm getting things wrong is people absolutely are spending money, but they just don't they're not addressing the culture problems. No, they're not. They're spending money on technology, they're spending money on new companies or new buildings or, or things stuff. like that or stuff, right. but thinking this is a positive move to change things. Yeah. Meanwhile, the culture keeps churning in the woke cult direction. Yes. Yeah. About two years ago, two and a half years ago, I really kind of started to figure this out. And I'll, I'll tell you what I'm doing now. Uh, and, like, and I don't talk about it a whole lot publicly just because I'm kind of at the beginning stages, but I, you know, I moved to a, like bought a land, moved to a ranch, right? But not just like, I'm going to go be a prepper or a homesteader. Like we're definitely homesteading, but I bought in a place that a bunch of other people I knew were there. And then a bunch of other people came, we started our own school. And now like almost everything I do now is I, tr I do one of two things. Either I think very, very locally. Like, where am I buying my stuff, right? Like, where am I getting water, power, food, etc.? Like, who am I, uh, um, who am I buying from, right? Are, are they in my community? Um, how am I supporting my community? Who am I bringing into my community? How are we connecting? Uh, how are we interfacing with each other? Not to like have some, not you know, some island or some cult somewhere. I mean, we live in Texas. We're a town in Texas. There's a bunch, but like, I want to think as much as possible locally. I don't. I'm. I, I think that if there's going to be a thread that is a, a true counterculture thread, it's going to be around. Think about how disconnected and detached everyone is from each other. The opposite of that is not just interpersonal. It's low as much as possible local. I mean, obviously, I can't get my oysters locally. I live in, you know, the desert. But like. As much as I can, I want to interface and know my neighbors and interact with them and buy from them and sell to them and create our own economy. We have our own school. We literally just started a school. We got 80 families and 100 something kids. Wow, in that's it, cool. Right? Like, it, it just, I mean, because who wants it? Public schools are a disaster. Yeah. You know, like, who wants to send their kids to. Uh, yeah, I don't even want to get you blocked on YouTube, but to, to public schools now, <laughs> right? Like, uh, and so I. I the, that idea has just started on some some with a lot of people. I don't. I think that's going. That's going to be one of the main ideas, but not the only one. You know, I I don't know what it's. If I knew, I'd be I'd be shouting it from the roof. I want to I want to jump to this next story because I think it hits at the heart of a lot of what we're talking about. This is uh, this story has been going viral. I covered it a bit in 4 p.m. Employee wards off three robbers with a knife, stabs one multiple times at Las Vegas Smoke Shop. Yeah. Of course, we had to censor these images because these are brutal images. But I'll tell you the gist of the story. Guys working at a smoke shop in Vegas. Dudes come in. One guy immediately robs them. The next guy jumps the counter. And the clerk just says, okay, with a knife in his hand and just starts going at the dude who jumped the counter. Now, a lot of people are saying that it's, was it a legal use of force? Because he gets this guy in the neck a couple times and the guy says, I'm dead, I'm dead. The reason I, I think this is, a, this is a, you know, in the previous segment, we're talking about, you know, why are people keeping their money, hoarding it, not really investing in their communities and stuff like that? And I think this is a really good example. Yeah. This guy was attacked. And what people are worried about is that he will go to prison for <laughs> defending himself. Defending, I know. And so it's, it's things like this. When people say, I'm out. Uh, if, if, if we're sitting here looking at the story, thinking that you could be minding your own business, 
Someone can jump the counter wearing a ski mask uh. and you are legally required to back up and wait for them to draw on you before you have a chance to actually defend yourself. That's the reality of this country in many states. Yep. At that point, a lot of people are just like, don't care anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch out for myself because you will get boot stomped by the machine if you try and defend yourself. In New York, California, totally. That's Absolutely. why all the Californians, that's why Austin's so expensive now. It's because of this, like some Crime. stuff like this. Yeah, it's a huge part of it, yeah. I mean, if you're in Florida, if you're well, in Well, you West, saw the dude in, in New York, Jose Alba, right? Like that guy. The old guy with the shotgun? Yeah, like uh, the old dude who, like the, the, the some, so it was in New York, the bodega guy. Remember the guy who, who cut the, he killed the, the guy was beating him up, like beating his ass. I, and he stabbed him, killed him. Right. Did, did, I mean, it couldn't have been a more clear-cut self-defense. The, 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 the girlfriend stabbed the, the, store, the store clerk. The, 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 yeah, yeah, she tried to or something. No, she did. She got him in oh, the she arm. she did. I'm pretty sure she got him in okay, the arm. Right. I could be wrong. Well, so is, it was the most clear-cut self-defense I've ever seen. This Jose Alba? Yeah, you know? that guy. He, he's leaving and going to the Dominican Republic. Oh, I would, too, if I was Two hours him. ago from New York Post, yeah. 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 They dropped the murder charge and he's the, out. The only reason the prosecutor dropped the charge is because everyone in the country was in a total uproar. And the, the mayor, Eric Adams, was like, all right, just let the dude go. Yeah. Like, it's exactly when what you're talking about. Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, exactly. The, the fact right. that there were people in this country that were that had, had no idea what happened yeah. and wanted him to, to go to prison. The fact that he spent two months, or it wasn't two months, it was almost three months, yeah. in jail. And then they were like, oh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was self-defense. It's remarkable that anybody who watched that was just unquestionably of it was self-defense. It was. Just watch the video. But, but most people didn't watch the video because no, that one is the wrong narrative. Uh, but they, they believe Jesse Smollett. <laughs> that, yeah, well, the America. same people that believe Jesse Smollett are the ones who, when they watched the Rittenhouse trial, were like, wait a minute, he didn't shoot a bunch of black people? No, like, do you they remember? No how idea. Right. Do you remember how many no people idea. were like, wait a minute, he shot three white guys who had, one of them had a gun? And, and the other and, one, like. And he's on the ground, and the guy runs up with the gun? <laughs> right. And the guy. They were shocked. The guy's accused of saying that he, he regrets not killing him? <laughs> they had no idea. And then you saw some of these people came out and they're like, I was wrong about that. I, they, they, some look. did. A, f a minority did admit it. But right. most people didn't. They kept no. going with, well, he, this is wrong. This is, this is like uh, uh, injustice. <laughs> Our system is so biased. It's, a, it's an example of systemic racism that, you know, they never tried to fact check themselves at all. They never really looked at the case again because they're not really interested in it. They're interested no. in their own na you know, narrative. I'm sure all of these uh, really wealthy media people are watching shows like this and they're, they're hearing me talk about stuff and they're laughing like, what an idiot. The mm -hmm. fact that I would say I would, I would rather invest in the company than hoard the money and hide it somewhere. They're like, when it all comes crashing down, and it is because they all see it coming, Taiwan, China, Russia, whatever it is, I'm going to be left holding an empty bag and they've, they've been stocking their money up in Panama and El Salvador and crypto mm -hmm. and wherever else. Their money might not be worth much. Yeah, but if, if you things spread it go around. really if things go really sideways, you're in a way better spot than they are. Well, think about it. you're on land, you have guns, you have friends, you have food. Yeah, but they do too. These people uh, have been buying up in Idaho and Wyoming and building compounds and fortresses. So you, I'm gonna tell you a quick story. So uh, you're right, that it definitely exists. But you know what's gonna happen if things go really sideways? Not like a little COVIDy, but like like sideways, sideways. Civil war, um, or or short of it can be like short of civil war, but but sideways, um, bro. How many people you think that work on those compounds in Idaho are going to give their lives for for rich out of staters? Yeah, it's not going to. Okay, and then, let's go a step further. How your head of let's say you're a super billionaire who has a huge estate outside of Sun Valley. That head of security, that guy who 
you know, he was former SF and he's got his family there and he hired the whole crew. And there's like four dudes that all report to him. He's the billionaire now. He's the ba- boss now. That's right. That's what happened with the Roman Empire. I mean, mm-hmm. the head of the, the, generals. the Praetorian Guard would just kill the emperor and yeah. take, become the new emperor. Yep. That happened multiple times. Oh, this, is, this is the thing people need to understand, too. Like, your point is absolutely spot on. You own land. Yep. So like, so, so like, I, I'm, I mean, rhetorically, obviously, but I, cause you talked about it, but I'm saying like, you think you own land just in, in a rhetorical sense. What does that mean? You You're got running a, it from the government. You've got a piece of paper <laughs> that says on this date, so-and-so owns the land. What do you think's going to happen when it hits the fan? You're going to walk onto your land and there's going to be a dude with a gun. And he's going to be like, it's my land. And you're going to be like, but I have the paper. And he's going to be like, and I have the gun. It's going to be like the land grab when the people are going west. Yep. It's going to sprint. That's, that's, I mean, there's a reason why a lot of smart people are focusing a lot of time on community. Right? Yeah. Because, and a lot of, like, the, I tell, when I first got into this, a lot of people were like, oh, defense, defense, have guns. And I'm like, okay, guns are cool. I'm into defense. But I'm one dude. If a gang of dudes come, I need neighbors. I need friends. Well, I need like, other people with guns. This is like an old-timey you know? Western thing, but like if you're not home and your family's home, you need the rest of your community to be like, we're going to head over there. Yes. They seem to be in trouble. Yes. Yeah. Yes. One dude with a gun is useless against a gang, mm-hmm. but a neighborhood, going to win. Going to make it. Yeah, this is what people need to understand, too. The left likes to talk about how two-way, like, you, you, you know, what did Joe Biden say? You, you, you gotta, you're going to need nukes to go up against the government. Like the Afghanis? You yeah, mean? like the Viet Cong. <laughs> they, they had a hard time. <laughs> But the thing is, it's really simply put, a drone can't occupy a street corner. Nope. So if you really want to seize assets, resources, and control a, a, a city, a civilization, you need boots on the ground instructing the people what to do. Well, my favorite about that is I, there was someone, I can't remember, it was one of like Max Boot or one of those lunatics who was like, blah, 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 what are your stupid AR-15s going to do against drones and, and uh, you know, like predator drones and all that stuff? And uh, I think it was Clay Martin, who's a total badass. He just responded to, to Max and he said, hey, the, the people operating those drones, they got addresses and families? <laughs> okay. You know, they like don't... it's the same thing, man. Like dude, people don't realize like. Do you, do you remember the Space Force thing? I got to bring it up again. Which talk, what? That, the uniforms. The Space Force uniforms were, were like jungle camo or whatever. No. Desert camo. No. So when they announced Space Force, they showed a photo of someone wearing a uniform and it was like, what, what, what is it called, Chris? What, that, the green camo they wear? Uh, they have different names for it, but uh, it's like ACUs were the, the ones I wore. The, but is that a reference BDUs, to the color? It's just the design. The, yeah, yeah. So everybody was laughing. They're like, it's the Space Force, but the, they're like for the, the jungle. green camo, yeah. So then they started, people started making photos of uniforms that looked like outer space. Yeah. And there was like, immediately someone said, where do you think the space force is fighting? <laughs> and they were like, they're on the ground running satellites. Secondly, if they were in space, they would be in spaceships, yes. not floating around. Like, <laughs> And even if they were, why would you want them to be invisible? Like, yeah, they just, You're floating in space. You want someone <laughs> to notice. So you can but, set up an ambush in space, but, obviously. Right. But my, my point is, all of these people who yeah. are making fun of the idea, yeah. they are extremely ignorant. Yes. They have no idea what, how reality works. They, it's funny because we, we started doing sales for emergency food supplies. Yeah. There have been how many disastrous floods where people get locked out of resources? All kinds. There's one just happened in Kentucky. A exactly. horrible one. And when you get your supply lines shut down and you spend Done. 70 bucks on like a food bucket so you know you've got freeze-dried food to eat, that's not about the apocalypse. No. It's not about, but they're all laughing. Like, yeah. ah, and now they're like, food shortage is coming. Yeah. And so, so my point is just, man, you've got a group of people in this country people who watch shows like this, right. who are interested and looking for nuanced context 
And then you've got people who are just like, tell me what to do and how to do it and who to make fun of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they all live in uh, douche cubes in cities and they're all going to be in trouble if if there's any if all the policies that they love, like, let's have green energy. Cool. Where's that coming from? Natural gas. <laughs> yeah, <yeah. laughs> well, did, did you see that the, there was a wind turbine that was spraying oil? I did. I and know. then everyone went, huh? Yeah. There's a ton of oil. How do you, it's got to spin. It's got to lubricate. Yeah, yes. exactly. I mean, at fair point, it's not burning the oil. Right. But they're still requ- they still require a lot of oil. Do you know oil. how much uh, like un uh, ungreen energy it takes to manufacture one of those? It's insane, man. Those oh, things yeah. have to run for like 18 years to break even. Yep. I think. And they, don't they have a lifespan of like 20 or 25 years? A lot of them. I don't. It's I don't insane. Know. But people don't realize that. It's like, dude, please read about energy. Okay, like fossil fuel uh-huh. energy. We're talking about crude petroleum. We're talking about natural gas. Yeah. It is ready to be converted. Yes. Green energy is you have to convert all these materials into a system that can then convert other energy. So it's like a second layer system. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of solar for one reason. Not that it's more energy efficient or more green, but that it, it can give you your own circuit. Yeah. So all the energy that goes into the production of the panels, you can then have an isolated circuit. You can be off the grid. Yep. That's great. Yeah. But you need sun yep. during a storm. You know, got it. So now you need batteries. Yeah. You need a supply chain with solar. I'll put. I'll, I'll just simply put. It's just. It's. It's scary when you realize the majority of people, or I should say, at least Democrat voters, but you know, probably a lot of conservative voters too. They they don't know what they're voting for. They don't. They don't. They don't understand layer two of an issue. No. They, they, the left is just like Greta Thunberg. We got to ban fossil fuels now. It's like okay, sixty million people dead in three days, at least. Yeah, yeah. And they, I, th- I think I think there's estimates of like a billion people dead in a year if you cut off fossil the, fuels. No, the carrying capacity of their Earth is somewhere between half a billion to a billion without fossil fuels. Yeah, that's it. Like that's just a yeah. So okay, pit, put a room full of uh, of people. Eight, one out of eight get to live without fossil fuels. That's it. That's that's the reality. I mean, like that, I, it's crazy to me. It's not really even debatable. You look at the math on that, especially if you want a quick transition. If you're talking about a 50-year transition, okay, maybe maybe it's a little different. But you're talking about a quick transition? No. I think about like tapping the vacuum for energy, like the vacuum fluctuations and stuff. There's so much technology, fusion, for instance. Um, but I don't think that the, the power structure wants people to have unlimited energy. They want them attached to a grid of so course. that they can monitor it and make sure no one person and has charge. too much power. What does that charge. mean? Let me, let, me, let me pull up this next story here from Blaze. This is crazy. CEO says two-thirds of ammunition deliveries have gone missing with UPS. That's a lot of ammo. So where is it now? All right. Maybe this is just one company. Patrick Collins, CEO of thegunfood.com, says he's lost thousands of dollars worth of ammo. Because customers' orders don't always seem to make it to their doors, especially when delivering with UPS. He says about 18,000 rounds of ammo shipped through UPS. Only a third were actually delivered. So where is it going? Okay. Now, hold on. One company. First off, 18,000 rounds of ammo is right. not, not nothing, very much. Nothing. No. So my first thought when I see this story is particularly sensational. Yes. Also kind of alarming if it is part of something greater. And I think that's kind of what they're hitting, hinting at, that things are starting to break down. So you've got now, what are they? They're going to be hiring 87,000 IRS agents and they're giving them hollow points. Right? They bought hollow points for the IRS. Oh, man. And then Gates introduced that legislation that was like, no, we're not going to give them ammunition. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, so it's just, 
The reason I bring the story up is not to insinuate that one company seeing their ammo go missing is indicative of a collapse, but just like it's another grain of sand in, in this heap with IRS agents being armed with Taiwan that uh, maybe the fourth turning is upon us. You're familiar with uh, Strasel. Yeah, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think? And do you think this plays anything into it? I mean, it, there's a lot of people. I'm not sure what I think about cycles. Uh, it, I'm generational cycles. I, I mean, like I know enough about physics to know all energy moves in waves and cycles. So it's almost certainly the uh, the it, it seem it's it, they seem to make a lot of sense, right? Um, I don't know. Uh, and then fourth turning is just one of many different historical cycle type things. I, yeah, I don't think you have to know anything about cycles. Just look around and be like, a lot of it's shit is hitting a lot of fans right now. What do you think happens to a city like New York if the supply chain just was halted. All right, well, here's okay. So, l- not this past winter, but two winters ago, I can tell you what happens to a city like Austin when the supply chain breaks because oh, I was there for the winter apocalypse. Yeah. Do you guys remember? Yeah, this? yeah, yeah. Okay, so like I grew up driving in, you know, I, I spent seven years in Chicago, I, I, I know how to drive in snow. And no one in Texas did because it's all Texans oh, and yeah, Californians. Yeah. My my first and, year in Dallas, I remember having to drive everyone around because they couldn't do they it. They have no idea. And so it snowed a lot. And so for seven days, basically everyone was locked in. But really for four days, everything was truly down. It, by the end of the, by the beginning of the fourth day, one of uh, the people who worked, I was still at my company, who worked for my company, she was, she lived like, eight blocks from the office was walking into the office right um because we were all remote so like we could keep working she she had people trying to rob her but like these are clearly not professionals it was like a dude who was hungry yeah. right and i mean my company was 75 people full-time in austin at that point and they were all like millennials who were like, LOL, I have Cheetos in my freezer. I don't know what to, that's all I have. Like I had to drive, I had just gotten a cow slaughtered. And so I literally drove like 200 pounds of meat in to the office and then a bunch of them walked in to get it. Wow. Dude, shit went nuts there. There was five and six hour lines to get like a bag of pasta. Yeah. It, like it was bad, man. And this many- is just, this wasn't even like, the, the grid didn't go to, Grid kind of went down a little bit, but like it was bad. This dude. is what I'm talking about when when I tell people like when I do a pitch for for emergency food, I'm talking about this. Yes. And like sometimes it rains. Yes. So, but but you get all these these leftists that are like mocking the idea, and then when it actually happens, yeah, this is why I hungry. think this is why I think they're gonna eat each other. Like it's gonna be, and I, and that's like, <laughs> bro. But I think part you of their... Hold on, do you see the New York Times already saying the time yeah, for cannibalism know, or whatever? They're writing about it. Listen, go ahead, have fun. You're in New York. Go eat your neighbor. I, I'm, <laughs> I don't care. No, seriously, I don't. If they want to eat your neighbor, no. If you want to belong to a death cult, then you get to reap the consequences. I don't. I don't yeah. belong to that. I've prepared. I'm around a bunch of great people who are all ready to. I don't need to worry about it. like that's it's like their zombies. Problem. Like you. Know, but but I mean literally. If you have people who live in New York City, they've got nope. They've prepared for nothing. There's clearly signs indicating something is is hitting us right now. The food supply. Yes. We've been told over and over again since the start of the, the year. The president said it right. in the press conference. Like and three they're months still ago. mocking the idea that they would do any kind of preparation. And so I'm just like, it's a zombie horde. Yeah. They don't think for themselves. They don't care to solve problems. They are just standing there in the crowd, mindless. And then quite literally, yo, if the supply chain collapses and you got 2.5 million people on Manhattan Island alone, let alone central Brooklyn, how do you get out of central Brooklyn? You don't. Mm-mm. No. You stay there. But no, no, but I mean, like, stay there. 
you're going to have to try to get out. There's not going to be food and people are going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be nightmarish. Yeah. No, I mean like you, like it's, it'll get, it'll get a uh, abandoned prison camp bad. Yep. Like what, like maybe five days. I wouldn't be surprised if you see slavery. Oh, way past that. Yeah. I mean, tr- roving gangs, warlords, like it doesn't take long to get there three. in a true grid down situation. What do they say? You're three meals away from a revolution. Three, Something like that. No, 12 missed meals? Well, there's like a saying. It's like three. I think it's 12, 96 hours and 12 missed meals. I is think. that what it is? A saying? I think. And then people just start uh, losing it. Yep. And then also, where do you get your water from? See, here, out here, there's a river. And uh, we also, yeah. we have a creek as well. Mm-hmm. And then, so we can we can go out. And, You're great. You're and then, good to go. And then I've got emergency filters and I've got mm-hmm. other stuff. But we also have a well. We got a well. Yep. And so if, if, if everything went south and the grid shut down or whatever it's i'd be like just another old day i yep. guess we mm-hmm. got tons of backup batteries yep. we've got a massive solar backup system at the new facility we're building yep. but people in these cities when when covid happened they're locked in their apartments they have no food and they're losing their minds yeah. it's crazy it's I like know. a stress test well we just saw it in shanghai yeah like they went on a hard hard lockdown and no one knows how many people died there you know the chinese are real sketchy about that but all those videos coming out people were like like you see the pictures of people taking the refrigerator. The guy takes the refrigerator and pushes it onto his balcony. It's open and empty because they had no food. Yeah. People were losing it. Uh, uh. I remember um, when um, it was uh, Sandy, Hurricane Sandy oh, in yeah. New York. I that was, was in, bad. I yeah, was in was New really York bad. and it was crazy to see how high the floodwaters got. Windows were smashed out yeah. from the surge. There, the coolest thing I saw was when the down bus stops, skateboarders were grinding on them. <laughs> so they were having a blast. Uh. But then you go to the bodegas, there's no electricity. Nothing. So all the perishables have, have expired within a couple days. Yeah. And I went in, there were two guys outside holding like two by fours, a big line. And they were like one person at a time. I walked in cash only, obviously. And the guy was just like, he's like, don't touch the perishables, like the milk, everything's bad. You don't eat it. But anything that's not perishable, like the, the, the high fructose corn juice and like the canned stuff is yeah. good. Yeah. And so I went in and I was like, I got like a Coke. Yeah. And I was like, it's warm. You know, but it's all you get. Yo. And the other thing, too, is people don't realize how quickly it's going to go to, like, to the 1800s. Yeah. No more cold drinks. No more ice. No more ice cream. No more flushing the toilet. Nope. Uh You're going going back in time real quick. Yeah. And then the question becomes, how long does it last? Oh, for them, that, that, so I put it this way. New York gets supply chain disruption. Like, the whole system just, just fails for some reason. You get a couple days where it's guys two by fours guarding the bodegas yeah. and people going in. Three days after that, the food's gone. Yeah. And now it's people fighting in the streets with the last can of beans. Three days after that, people have already started it's trying done. to leave. Yeah. They're going to be eating fish out of the Hudson and they're going to be barfing and sick the entire time. But I think the other thing that happens, and this, we saw this during COVID, is those who can, like wealthy people who can afford to move more quickly, will move into upstate New York, Connecticut, parts of New Jersey, and then continue to put pressure on those systems that don't normally have that many people there. So those grocery stores will start to feel the effect. You know what you're, you're missing is after the, the rich people might go fast. But then what happens, you know, you hit days five to ten when all the stores are empty. If nothing's coming in, what happens is people start moving out and mm-hmm. not right. the rich people. The people walking, Everyone has to go. walking out yep. and not a few of them. But yeah. Manhattan is Tens an island. or hundreds of thousands. So you've got a few bridges and tunnels. Right, that's it. Bottlenecking the whole thing. I know. Did you see how they put It's so weird you're talking about this because they just put those massive metal doors on um, 
uh, the tunnels on the no. Lincoln Tunnel. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no you didn't way. They called dude. them flood tunnels, but they're not flood tunnels. <laughs> they're getting ready to lock everybody I'm in, dead, dude. I think so. I know what? it sounds crazy to even talk about this. This sounds lunacy, but they just like I saw it was like a month ago, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, Lincoln Tunnel has one, and I think the Midtown Tunnel. I think all of them, maybe. What What do I search for? Flood doors? Yeah, flood doors, Lincoln Tunnel. But what about how do they stop the bridges, you know? Uh, I, oh, yeah, look at this. I'm not sure. Yeah, These there things? you go. Yeah. This is a couple years ago, actually. No, I, so one of them, like, I know 44, just 44,600-pound floodgates installed in NYC tunnels to protect from superstorms. Maybe it's because of Sandy. They were like, it's okay. It's not unthinkable. Yeah, it's yeah, not. It does both. Yeah. Stops the water and the and people. And the people, yeah. You can go north out of Manhattan. I mean, there's still rivers to the to the west, but yeah. I mean, you can you can walk north. There's no, it just well, goes up into. You north. can walk, but like if things are in that much chaos, how far are you really gonna get on foot? Oh man, a leak in the Lincoln Tunnel in 2020. People were freaking out, so it could be why. But uh, I do think it's funny that they put up these big barriers. I know, dude. Model That's... next is gonna be like you know you you see the Batman movie where the the, the cops block all the bridges and like nobody leaves yeah. the city. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, you know, look, the, the, I, when we were talking about World War One the other day, the crazy thing is people don't realize how quickly things fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, gra- was, it, was it gradually, then suddenly? Yeah. Yeah. I no. think that people underestimate how quickly things can fall apart because they're told to sort of live for now and live for impulsively. I think this is a lot of like left-leaning culture that you wouldn't think ahead. Like when you say like people make fun of people who are acquiring food because they're like, oh, what do you think? It's going to be a doomsday. It's going to be a purge all at once. Like, no, not necessarily. But also you can't think past the two days in front of you because the impulsivity culture and the self-indulgence culture tells you that it's not worth dealing with. Well, that, and then also, I mean, like in 2019, I made fun of preppers and I didn't really, I had a couple guns, but they were like hunting. Like I wasn't, you've I, converted. I, oh, to a hundred percent, of course. <laughs> and, and, well, how could you not after the last <laughs> two and a half years, right? But I think it's also that like, we've grown up in arguably the richest, most abundant, safest period in world history in the safest country in world. So it's like, who alive has had to deal with anything truly catastrophic? Like we don't, I don't know, you know? And so like the idea that this could happen is just not, it's not in the living memory of anybody. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've had uh, a golden age of sorts. At least from our perspective, we've been, the security has been fat and happy fat and happy I know we've had problems I know there's been a recession I know there's been 9-11 things like that come on man we've been fat as a culture and as a country we've been as fat and happy as it gets and and growing fatter by the day I mean now they're now you know you know where body positivity comes from you, you, yeah, seen, yeah, of course. It's because more too many people. Because so, oh, everyone's fat. So they're all now agreeing with each other yeah. that we're, we're well, this okay looks to do good. this. Yeah. Exactly. Well, okay, go ahead. They've got that, that works for you. They got that store that, what, 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 Morbid? Morbid? Torrid. Oh, yeah, Torrid. No, I call it Morbid on purpose. <laughs> I was going to uh, say, did they really call it Morbid? It's called Torrid. I call it Morbid. Close enough. Tim's going to buy it, call it that, and be like, still shop there. No, I was, I was thinking of, of, of opening a store and calling it Morbid. And it would just be like, Huge clothes. Chonkers. Chonkers. But that's a meme, so that's okay, right? But that's America. That, that's America. So I guess my question, my next question is like, how, how many days until people are eating each other in New York? Like the tunnels are closed and they're banging on the door and they can't get out? There's no um, food? Uh, there is, I, I can't remember. I read a book about survival 
that had a, like a like a chart. I think it's I think it's under. It's way faster than I thought. It's under two weeks. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the three exact. days. No, not F- three days. They started each other. That's that's a pretty big taboo to cross. That would have to be. I think that's in that's week it, two, but not by the end of week. Two. I don't. That's why I don't. I feel like week two. I mean, it, it, you're you can go a month without food, right? But I guess most when people can't. When your muscles start breaking down, you're yeah. just. And there's going to be so much panic. People are going to feel the desperation sooner than if they were intentionally. You know what? Started. You know what would happen though. I bet the first person to get eaten, it's not going to be like some dude just goes, "I'm sorry, I'm hungry," and like hit somebody. Yeah. It's going to be like somebody falls down and gets trampled, and then they're like, "Well, let's eat." Yeah. Yeah, let's eat. Like you said, like it's like Lord of the Rings. Meets up back on the menu, <laughs> boys. Yeah. Dude, it's nightmarish to think uh, about this stuff. That's why we got like 50 chickens. No, that's why I have two cows and a flock of sheep, 24 sheep and chickens. I was I was reading about bugs and the, and what's the protein called? Chitin? Is that what it's called? I don't know. That's, I'm not, not going to eat the bugs, That's Tim. their carapace. It's made of that stuff. Yeah. And I was reading you yeah. can't digest it. Chitin? It's like chitin or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. You just, you can't digest it. Yeah. And so that's why you let the bur- the chickens eat it. Yes. And then and you, then eat, you the eat the chickens or the you, eggs. You eat right? the eggs and then yeah. one time comes, you eat the chicken. Yeah. And then it's amazing. Here's the best part. Chickens, they make more of themselves. Yes. yes. It's crazy. They replicate. They replicate and then they just eat the grass and you just got to make sure nothing else eats them and then you get to eat them. Yep. And they taste good. Yep. Well, you yeah. were talking about like how our society doesn't have a story right now. Yeah. I'm a kind of obsessive about talking about new technology, like, you know, graphene industry and mm-hmm. iron fertilization of the oceans, regrowing the coral reefs and things like that. Yeah. Sometimes it's really about how you introduce the ideas, because like if we're in a, the moment of all like blackpilling each other, like what we it's did. It's not tech. I promise you, that's not the story. Tech might be amazing and it might help us in a million ways. But the the general feeling from most people is that that the, that God has failed. Then the other idea is monotheism and God and the unification of the consciousness. But like, I almost feel Maybe. like I'm selling out when I do that. Yeah, you know, there's something to be said for that, man. Like, uh, I I was ex- I've been an atheist my whole life, and then I did psychedelic medicine, like as a therapy, and I was like, oh shit, I'm totally wrong. Of course, God exists. It's just not in the way that religious dogma talks about. It's more of a all things. What that might be, but that that story might be a little airy fairy. For at least right now. I think generally, revivals generally happen after people have suffered a lot. We're going into the suffering phase, not Fourth the revival turning. phase. Yeah. 2028 should be fun, though. Six more years. I'll be I, in my 40s. I don't know. I think we got at least a decade. There's a yeah. lot of unraveling to happen. I kind of, like, what's what's the worst case scenario for somebody who lives, for someone who lives out in the middle of nowhere? I mean, asteroid strike. No, no, I mean, no, like, society collapsing. No, 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 hold on, hold not on. not going to invoke a meteor Like, strike. this is really important. Living out in the middle of nowhere by yourself, you're actually not, you're better off than in a city. Not a great spot. You, like, being in a in the country with a community, that's the better spot. Like, where you, you, you're not, way off by yourself, you're actually an easy target. You know, yeah. and you don't have anyone around to help, you know, whereas if it's like us and like eight neighbors or you kind of know your neighbors, that's a different situation. Build a fortress around your doesn't necessarily have to have a fortress. Like it doesn't have to be a, a castle. Right. You just have to kind of know. Dude, I I joke about like one day we'll be we'll be hanging out. We'll be doing the show and we'll hear like a noise and then we'll like run outside and there'll be some hipster guy in like flannel with a beanie on and a handlebar mustache trying to steal a chicken and he's like I'm just hungry <laughs> and we're like stop him chase him down he like Absolutely he fled will. Brooklyn dude in, te- in Texas all you, you paint your fence posts purple and you put no trespassing sign because that's basically the you know if you come on land we're going to shoot you purple yeah purple 
That's like the color for that is, purple heart. Why it, is that? I don't know. It that just picked that. That's blood color. Color and like uh, deoxygenated blood. No, dude. One like one of the weird things about Texas, like animal wrestling, you could you just shoot like if if you like if you have animals in a field and you've you know posted and whatever, and someone's in there, like no, you're. That's where you can shoot them in the back. It doesn't matter. You're not going Whoa. to prison. Yeah, like you don't steal animals in Texas. You get oh, shot. Yeah. It's bad. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure those laws go way back. Yeah, do, do you think that I that we because I think we are building the story for the future right now. Maybe nothing we say today is mm-hmm. gonna cause it to change tomorrow. Right. But in a 20 years, when people are like, "I've had enough," right. they'll look at this video, right. and that will be what inspires them. Right. What do you think? Like psychedelics, God, consciousness, No, I mean, technology. psychedelics are just a tool. I'm not like, I like psychedelics. I use them as medicine. Like they've been transformative for me, but I'm not like, you know, uh, bless his heart. Like I love Aubrey Marcus, but I'm not like, oh, you got, everyone's got to do ayahuasca. No, everyone doesn't. You know, like they're just a tool to achieve a goal. They're not the thing. Like imagine if I was super into hammers, you'd be like what, 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 why? But if I'm like, I want to build a lot of houses for people to live in, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So I just look at psychedelics as the hammer. Right. I kind of, um, I've always kind of felt that there's a lot of people who really need some kind of hammer experience. Hammer, that's one way to put it. Because I don't want to hammers are I, important. Yes. But 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 I don't want to. I don't mean just like one thing, like DMT or something like that. Yeah. But I think a lot of people are like locked in their minds. They can't they can't see outside the box. It, it really shocked me awake with the first time I took mushrooms. I was walking around Manhattan Beach and uh, looking at it was trash night, and I was like, "Where does this trash go? What have we done as a species? <laughs> you needed mushrooms. We're just yeah, we're just like no, awkward. but that's the point. But it hit yeah, my core. True. It changed my core. Like the yeah. it changed my DNA and the way this, I was perceiving it. This is exactly what I mean. Yeah. No, you're right. right. You're for for me, I remember, you know, I would talk to my friends and they would start asking these crazy philosophical questions or like when they were stoned or something. And I was like, I don't need whatever it is you're doing to ask these questions, but right. clearly you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe there are some people who are like mindless cogs, but then they, they have an experience like Ian was saying. And all of a sudden they start asking themselves, where's that garbage going? Then they realize, hey, wait a minute, probably not somewhere good. Just yeah. like so many problems, they're just putting it on an island and waiting for it to go away. Like, they put on a garbage can't... barge, kick it out, and forget about it. And of course, yeah. there's now we find there's mushrooms and bacteria that'll digest it and turn it into sugar. There's yeah. lots of cool. I think there's... some of it is with substances. It takes away the inhibition. People may think about these things on some level, but they don't want to ask because they don't want to be the only one. They want to blend in and not. But but Ian it. asked himself. Right, but you were saying and your Dominic, friends friend. are posing these questions to you while you're hanging out. There's right? like a there's like a desensitization without the psychedelics, like reality. Like right now, you're kind of blending into the wall. I see like the scene, but when I'm on psilocybin, you stand out. Life is very different than non-life. It mm-hmm. becomes very apparent that we have created this thing, or someone before me built this freaking set that we're on, and now. You just wake up one day and you're here and you're like, look at all this it, stuff that exists. It, it creates a value for, for life, I think. Um, at least psilocybin did I, for me. I, I think a big problem, one of the big problems we've had is that millennials, and to an extent every generation before it, but growing in scale, don't understand that other people did work to make things exist that you have. So, like, for example, I remember I was riding my bike across the Williamsburg Bridge right. in New York and I just thought to myself, like, man... Some people worked really, really hard to make this bridge happen. And I don't think twice when I ride my bike over it, uh, I don't pay for it. I have no idea. I mean, I guess city taxes cover the yeah, costs, but yeah. it's just there. Well, one day there was some dude or some lady and they were just like, yo, we need a bridge. And then all of these humans were like, let's work really, really hard and and, and sweat and tears. And probably a lot of people died, died in the construction. Yes, yes. And now all these people are just like, what do you mean? The bridge is just there. 
Yeah. And it's like you don't you don't, you don't understand the value of what was gifted to you. Just and and the, th the thing about the bridge is, you could be a tourist and you get free use of it. Like you're not paying anything for this. It's just there and you get it. Yeah. I think that is like the generational wealth of millennials and and now Gen Z. They don't understand how much blood, sweat, and tears went into making the world so comfortable. So. I don't entitled. think any young people do. I didn't understand when I was 25. I'm yeah. not sure if it's that generation specifically. I'm more Gen X, I guess. And like, I was a fucking idiot at 25. Yeah, what the hell did I know? Are, I think. Yeah, right. And I know my parents were because they're still idiots oh, in their 70s, right? So like, yeah. They, I mean, they, I think they take it's an just, ayahuasca? No. Yeah, I'd love to get my board. parents take ayahuasca. We need people no. to get access to their ancestral knowledge. Well, what I'm this is what I'm talking about. You knowledge. said, you mentioned earlier, you don't think the technology is the, is the, the story, but like... Yeah. In the past, the story was told through new technology, like the printing press allowed us to proliferate the story of, or writing allowed us to proliferate the idea of God to the masses. So maybe that the metaverse or that the internet is the, is the vessel that the story will be told. So the post-World War II story in America was that progress solves all and progress is the goal. Where has that gotten us? Modern monetary but theory. What is progress? Is no, but the, it was uh, it, the 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 story coming out of World War II was that progress. The American story is a story of progress, right? I it, that it's just progress. But like the, it's like the 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 concept of growth for the sake of growth is the philosophy of cancer. Right, progress just to make progress because it's technical technological progress is serving a different god. It is not serving humans. Right. right. Whereas, like I would contrast that to, like an idea that could, and I mean a meta idea that could replace that would be prosperity. What does prosperity for humans look like? Because it does not always, in fact, rarely does it mean more technology. In fact, more technology is usually antithetical to prosperity for humans. It might be great for owners. God, I sound like a goddamn Marxist right now. but it's, <laughs> And I'm not at it, all. Man. I really am not. I can't stand the Marxist. Interesting philosophy. But but if they, honestly, if, you, if there was one thing Karl Marx got right, it was at least the beginning of a critique of understanding that, that, that uh, there is a relationship between a human and the value they create that matters that's not captured in the normal way you calculate capital. Right, and so like, what is wrong with your show? You're giving me to defend the system, and Marks, I'm going crazy. I know we're, we're, yeah, this we're, is we're nuts. Like called. No, but but process. Like, I'm a big believer now. Like, uh, in the way to measure anything is w how does this benefit humans? Humans, not stakeholder capitalism, and that's all nonsense. That's all a scam to screw people. But like, how am I better? How is my neighbors better? How's my family better? How are my kids better? How are my animals better? Right. And like, I like technology when it serves humans and prosperity, but like a lot of it doesn't, man. Can I ask a question? Sorry to interrupt. How does this prosperity doctrine fit in with like your past? Because I feel like in some ways you had a very different mindset when you were 20s, when you were like the pickup artist and you were like... Don't you ever... You can call me anything but not pickup artist. Do you want to call so me call a you scientist? A just so I you actually know. would not be upset if you called me a Marxist okay. based on what I just said because I kind of sound like one, but not pickup artist. That's Sorry, uh, what's the technical term for the industry that you were sort of the head of? I was a writer. Uh-huh. Yes. That's what we're going to call it? Or were you teaching people how to hook up? No. Oh. No, I never did that. Sorry, he was writing? No. He. No, 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 no. Don't put me... Look, I like Neil Strauss. I know him and I that crew. I was never one of them. I was never in that world. I wrote... 
I, if you want to put me in a category, put, I mean, I, the New York Times said I invented my own literary genre, which like it's the New York Times, so whatever. But like, you want to put me in a category, put like Bukowski or Hunter S. Thompson or that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. No, like writing about gr- women is not like that has a long history. Yeah, I get that. Right. But what I'm saying is your books, and I'm not critiquing you at all. Right. Like it's just part of your story. No, no, no. You can critique me. Just don't call me a pickle artist. I don't. <laughs> Those oh. are different things. But what wizard. is the word? What is you are a writer <laughs> who specialized in a very writing about kind. my life, writing about your life, which yes. had a lot to do with. I was like a twenty-something-year-old dude who got drunk and hooked up and acted like an idiot, like all twenty-something. Right. And now you're someone who's saying, and I, I think it's cool, but like right. very. We different. need to think about totally different. how we are affecting the humans around us, how we're affecting change, how we're affecting humanity. Mm-hmm. Where did you come, like how did this transition happen for you? That's a very different question than how did you go from pickup artist to this? You're just gonna write You're a book a- now called I Know They Serve Beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, honestly, it's a great question though, it really is. Um, uh, look, it, 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 I could say as simple as well, I grew up and matured, but it's more than that. It's honestly like I had to do my emotional work. Like I had to face my, all the stuff I didn't want to face, all my trauma, all my issues, all the baggage that we all carry around. I carry around just as much as anyone. And I can just carry it around if I want. And that's what most people do. But at some point I realized, and it was actually after a lot of success, I had way more success than I thought I needed to be happy. And I was like 10% happier, right? It's way better to be rich than to be poor. Like it's much nicer, but it's like only that much better. And I was like, well, okay, this, and so I fixed everything in my life externally and I was still unhappy. I'm like, well, the only thing left is me. Like that's it. Like that, and that was not an easy pill to swallow. And that was into my, you know, mid thirties, started therapy and therapy was a talk therapy. It is uh, like a serious in-depth psychoanalysis. And it was, it was fine. Like it was good. It helped me a lot. Um, but it didn't really connect me to myself and my emotions. And there's a lot of ways to do that. For me, the thing that cracked me open was MDMA therapy. Like, uh, uh, that, um, was just mind blowing to me. And that was when I was like, oh my God, I can feel love and sadness. This is like, I, and then that's like, I started about four years ago and that's really what I kind of knew all this intellectually and I believed it, but I didn't get it really Mm -hmm. until I started to connect with myself. And once you connect with yourself, then you connect with nature. And that's when I was like, oh, like, of course God exists. And I'm like, I literally, I'll never forget, I did a a session with MDMA and LSD. And like I had the experience of of like, it sounds crazy, you've never done psychedelics, but like the experience of, not, I didn't talk to God, but the experience of God. And I remember I called my friend who's Mormon and I'm like, dude, I thought you were just an idiot who was fooled. And he's like, no, I'm like, I, I, I get it now. God is an experience. You're not actually, he's like, yes. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, dude, I'm so sorry. I just thought you were stupid. <laughs> like, really? And I'm like, uh, uh, which a lot of religious people can be. Like, there's, oh, I'm going to believe this because my mom said so. But he's like one of those who really like has a, a relationship, what he calls a relationship with God. And I, I understand what it means now, right? Um, I don't frame it the way he does, but I get it. And so once you start walking down that path, then I think... Um, there's two ways that there's multiple ways to go down that path. I, Cause like a lot of what I'm saying, you can get kooky ESG clowns who are like, we need to you know, kill a bunch of humans to save the planet. No, I am not on that path. But, uh, once you start connecting to yourself and you connect everything around you, I think it, it, it just, I don't think anything I'm saying is all that revolutionary. It's just like, Oh, of course, mm-hmm. you know, this just feels right. This seems right. This connects with 
what I have experienced, right? Um, I don't know. Is this, am I rambling or is this make Short sense? answer is MDMA. That's, <laughs> Dude, that's I'm what telling you, man, is. It, it has been the most important thing I've ever done in my it's life. It's incredible. Number one. Uh, incredible substance. I've never used it in um, in a therapy session, right. but they do that for soldiers that have returned yes. that are suffering PTSD yes. and things oh. like that. Yep. Yeah. No, right now it's in stage three clinical trials to be legalized in 2023. Wow. So it's not legal. Like I had to find underground guides mm-hmm. and all that. But um, uh, when you do it, I mean, you can do it on your own. I, I don't, I like to have a guide and whatever, but um, they don't really do much. They're just kind of there. But dude, it's been, it is, I've probably done 15 sessions in the last four years and it is the most important thing I've ever done in my life. And I'm married and I have four kids and people are like, not your kids and your wife. I'm like, I wouldn't be married and I'd be a terrible father. Like if I had not and found this, stuff, seriously, yeah. like truly. It's amazing when you cry, being able to cry. Dude, the first time I ever felt love, Really, I thought I had felt love. I was married with two kids when I first did MDMA therapy, and I like almost as soon as it really hit, I'm like, oh my god, I had never felt love. I never nothing remotely that deep ever in my life until I did that. I didn't realize how traumatized and how emotionally constipated I was, you know. And I had no idea. I had no idea. And then as I got deeper, man. Man, I got into the grief. God, that was about two, three, two and a half years in. It was nothing but grief, man, for like a year. It didn't matter what I did. I had so much grief in me um, like that I had to feel that I pushed away my whole life. I just wouldn't feel. How did you stay sane between sessions while you were tra- processing? That's a great question. I had uh, so really, really good uh, mentors around who had walked this path decades before and kind of knew and helped me. But it's basically called integration, right? So, you know, I had a, a, a talk therapist, a different one from before, um, you know, and I, I actually had to really learn self-care, truly deep, like, okay, I can't be working 15 hours a day anymore. I can't this, I can't, that's not going to work. And so it, uh, journaling every day, which I've been doing for a while anyway, but I got serious about it. Um, you know, like got very serious about nutrition, very serious about sleep, um, all this sort of stuff. And I, I mean, I changed, it's crazy for me to think about what I was like, even six or seven years ago, but especially like 10 or 15 years ago. Um, it was in a lot of ways I was the same person, but not, it's, I, it's almost like I don't even know that dude from 15 years ago. Like he's like, I like, I almost just feel sad for him. You know, do you ever want to change your name? No, 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 not at all. No, no. I don't mean this in a way like repudiate my past or I was a bad person. No, I mean, I did some terrible stuff I shouldn't have done. But like, I don't mean it like that. I just mean like, I don't have any connection to that dude anymore. So your diet, you you were talking earlier that you source most of your meat from your farm and a lot of stuff locally. Like what did it used to be? What did you change? I mean, you know, like I've been eating healthy for about 15 years, meaning like kind of like a paleo ancestral diet, you know, not a lot of carbs, no seed oils. I, I knew that. But like, I just, it was like, oh yeah, you know, I mean, I go to Whole Foods, that chicken's got to be healthy. Man, have you seen how chickens are raised and he doesn't, well, I'm sure you, it's oh, yeah. horrible, right? They don't even walk, they get stuffed in oh, cages. Oh, and- dude, it's the worst. And so like, uh, once you kind of understand that, it's like, okay, th- you eat what the animals eat, right? So if they're, even if they're healthy chickens, organic, and they're raised in these horrible, you know, massive pens where they, you know, all, they don't walk on the ground, they walk on dead chickens or whatever. <laughs> It's like, that's terrible. That's unhealthy. We got farms all over the place out here. Yeah. You drive five minutes, you get fresh farm tenderloins, you mm-hmm. get fresh eggs, fresh butter. Yep. 
man, we've been cooking with real farm butter. It's like, amazing. It is. It, it's it's in, in, you, you can't compare it. Mm-hmm. No, like, yeah. so we've got salted and unsalted. And you taste it and you're like, what is what this? Is this? Yeah. And then you take the store-bought butter and you're like, this is not food. No, it's not. It really is crazy. It's actually not in a lot of cases. Yeah. It was interesting how you were talking about like the story of our time. And it sounds like it's kind of a personal thing for the individual needs to realize their own story. Uh, like what you did with the MDMA therapy and, and talk therapy. Basically, it was the talking. The MDMA is the tool that you use during the talking. Right. Well, one's about the intellect and one's about the emotions. You got to go both. Like you can't just do... I know plenty of people who've done a ton of emotional work but are flighty as hell and have dumb ideas in their head, right? And then I know t- plenty of people who've thought their way as far as they can but won't feel anything, right? It, it, they're, both are important. Both are relevant. Uh, and you can't just do one. You know, like if you want to be balanced and, and kind of whole, you kind of have to, you have to feel and think. There's, that's why we got different parts of our brain. It's not just one or the other. When you like come up on a situation that makes you want to cry or that makes you want to like, what, at what point do you stop yourself from crying and at what point do you let yourself cry? I try not to stop myself from crying. I mean, unless like it's inappropriate or weird or I'm at like some, I don't know. You don't want to cry right dinner now. dinner and the butterfly and If you guys gave through. me a reason to cry, I would cry. Yeah, like, but there's, I mean, I'm not sure like what it would be. Like, uh, I'm sure we could talk about something, but um, yeah, like I don't, I, I don't really worry about that anymore. Like that's never, I've never been worried about, well, what does someone else think about like my emotion? That's never been a problem for me. Uh, uh, it's for me, it's been feeling the emotion, you know, like, uh, I, I, I didn't have that bad of a childhood in certain ways. Like no one sexually abused me or beat me or thank God, none of that. I just had narcissistic parents who didn't care about me. And I was essentially abandoned as a kid, you know, not literally like I had food and shelter, but like emotionally, there was no one there for me. And that sort of relation is called relational trauma. That sort of a re- relational trauma is actually it's hard to understand because there's not a great narrative around it and most people don't understand. The closest person I've ever heard who understood was someone uh, who actually helped. They were in the uh, Romania after the fall of the wall and there were all these abandoned kids and they worked in an orphanage there and they would tell me like... The like, Romanian orphanages are dude, crazy. Right, so my life wasn't that bad. Mm-mm. But imagine like, like, like someone like that who had parents and were there, but still kind of ignored you. So it's like on the scale of relational trauma, they're like a 10 and I'm like a five. Right. But it's still anywhere on that scale is not good. And so like, um, uh, like just accepting that, right. That, okay. I wasn't sexually abused or physically abused. I've never been to war. You know, no one's raped me. Like most people think of trauma as some horrible physical event. And that is trauma. But um, that's not the only type of trauma. And that's not the only way to have deep emotional impacts from things, you know? And it's not like, dude, some people will do this and like all kinds of uh, repressed trauma will come up. Like, oh, my dad or my stepdad raped me and I pushed, that happens all the time. None of that happened with me. Like I, I, I knew exactly what happened to me. It was just like, I had never felt any of my grief for my mom never spending any time with me. Like I just pushed that away. Cause when you're four, it's overwhelming. You know, but now when you're 40 and you're taking MDMA and you're laying on this sofa in, you know, New York, wherever, and like it comes up and it's like, oh, and you like safe and whatever, you can feel it, then you feel it, you know, but then it's like, it's like you're free now. Does this impact how you parent, I'm assuming? Do you make different choices? I mean, I, in fact, if you want me to start crying, if I think about what I was like as a parent seven years ago with my first, my bishop, my oldest, who just turned eight, versus now, 
Like I was a, on the scale of parents, I was a very good parent compared to most parents seven years ago. I am a fundamentally different parent now. I'm a hundred times better. I'm so much more present, more emotionally connected, more uh, attached. I meet my children's needs so much better. Um, you got him learning like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. <laughs> he does go to Brazilian jiu-jitsu, actually. Right? My eight-year-old does. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Yeah, it's a good idea. For yeah. Um, but, okay, funny you bring that up. Well, when he was four, I pushed him into it, you know, because, like, I'm big into that. I really want, And he liked it, but, like, he kind of didn't really want it, and I was pushing a little too hard, and I was I just was wise enough to realize, all right, I'm pushing him. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, you know. Yeah. And so then I backed off, and he quit. Okay, like I was disappointed, which is like silly because it's his life, not mine. And I stopped. Uh, I let go of all that. And then two years, three years later, he's like, Dad, I want to start going again. You know what kids need for this stuff? I, they need to be, have other kids around them. Yeah. So the issue is when you, you bring your kid to say like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and it's a bunch of adults. Yeah. They and he went to kids' classes. So, all right, well, I, I typically I, what I find. I think it was, I was just pushing him. Like he was pushing him too hard. Yeah, he was. He didn't want me looming over him. Right. You know, and like hang out with their friends. That that was kind of the point I was getting to. Right. So like I've had friends who uh, one example is skateboarding. A friend of mine uh, said they wanted to skate, got a skateboard and then eventually didn't want to do it anymore. But their parents were like, you have to. (laughs) We bought you a board. You're using it. But then when you have all of these other skateboarders all cheering you on yeah. and then you have your own group of friends all of a sudden you're like this is my community yeah. you get into it yeah. and so you know yeah well the, but there's also I think an in, intrinsic versus extrinsic right and so my son's pretty independent and thankfully and I was pushing him and I think he was naturally rebelling against that and so when I stopped pushing and let go then he was able to find it on his own and his own desire for it as opposed to mine so pushing a little is probably a good thing, just so he knows. Introducing is a good thing. Pushing is different. You know? And you also should have him play Magic the Gathering. 100%. <laughs> well, it'll make him a good poker player. Yeah, exactly. And mathematician. So, so a lot of people don't understand. Um, Magic the Gathering is chess and poker combined. Right. And a lot of the top Magic players were actually top poker players. Yeah. There's a famous quote from, from one of these guys, and they said, you know, you play Magic the Gathering and poker, is is you know what is like is is it being a top poker player harder? And he's like, if one game has thirteen thousand cards, you're trying to guess. One has fifty two. <laughs> he's like, so you know, poker is uh, a bit easier for us. Uh, but it was it was a good point. And I was I was I remember when I was younger trying to explain it to people. People often hear Magic the Gathering and they assume you like dress like a wizard. Yeah, right. And then you're like, like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like you go to a you go to a, a local game shop. And there's like you know I I would I would be skateboarding and then afterwards I'd go to the, the game shop. There'd be comics, there'd right. be art. We, we'd play Marvel vs. Capcom, yeah. and then people would play, you know, Magic or whatever. And none of these people weren't to D and D. Not a single one played D and D. It was just like really. There's no overlap between those two communities. There, there probably is. I, I assume there oh, is. Oh yeah, right. But in my comic shop, there was none. There was no D and D. Oh wow. It was comic books. It was Marvel. It yeah. was. It was. You know, playing arcades. It was skateboarding. Yeah. It was just like another thing. Like we were tired. Where bodies were racked. We was like, I just thought out a backside tail slide. It's like let's just draft or something so we yeah. can sit down and still do something yeah. and so then you're getting strategic uh, strategic development yeah. after your physical development yeah no it makes sense yeah now yeah. the same company owns uh, Dungeons and Dragons and Magic 
the same company owns them both. So yeah. you you might start to see overlap, but yeah. it's like completely different. One's like, like the, do you ever play D&D? &D? It's yeah. like an acting exercise, basically. Right, right, right. And yeah. the other game is like a math exercise. Right. We really got to do that modern political war game thing that, that Clint, the Clintons, or was it, was it Clinton? It was like Podesta did. Do you hear about that? Yeah. In 2020, they basically played D&D, &D, but it was like modern politics. And then like one of the Democrats was like, if Trump wins, we're seceding from the union and like, they oh, would roll yeah. die to see what would happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that would be funny. We really got to do that. We could film it. It'd be hilarious. That would be funny. You get a bunch of people in who are super into that. That yeah. could be fun. Look, like, Ian, you're Hillary. You're running in 2024. All right, let's like, go. Roll, what, what do you say? Uh, roll to see if you're if you like, get the votes. Yeah, yeah, roll to see if people actually like you this time. <laughs> Good luck. No, out. no, no. You don't. Well, you you do your base stats, but like, I'm pretty sure her charisma would be like minus. Eight. Yeah, it'd be like uh, a minus negative. one. Minus one. Uh. <laughs> Oh, Hillary. Uh, it goes down. It wasn't always that bad. What would Trump have in terms of, like, you know, charisma? Because, uh, 15 or 16. Really probably. high. Very high. Yeah. Very high. But his, in his intelligence would be lower. His, he's got more no. charisma than intelligence. No. Intelligence would be high, too. It, what's yeah. like a negative? Wisdom. He'd have low wisdom. Uh, yeah, a negative because charisma. Because he pisses people off with his statements. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they're we like. We got to do this. They're like, why did he say that? What other he's characters? like, I don't even know why I said that. Yeah, right. Because of my low wisdom. You're right. He isn't. He is very intelligent. No, he yeah. Is. yeah, he's a calculating guy. Yeah, yeah. This would be hilarious. Map out. We should. We should. We should literally do. It. We should do it live, and um, like war game out what twenty twenty four would look like based on modern politics today to see what what it would be. You know, I Dude, love this. DeSantis have like. There's all kinds yeah. of wild cards too. We would do like a primary, and then it's like you got to roll to see if you get the votes or something. I'm liking Ron DeSantis more and more. Hey, you guys see Carrie Lake won. Uh, Finally, she, Finally. She won. after so she, much time, geez. she won every county. She was great. She, I, I was in favor of her when she called out that CNN woman. I'm yes, like, oh, well, yeah. she's obviously amazing. Oh, it's amazing. I, she's accessible, at least to me so far. Yeah. I've interviewed her twice. I've been on a show. We interviewed her twice, and like we talked about a, a local voting app that you yeah. could use, where like you could set your slider for like I want to put seven percent of my taxes towards this local thing, four yeah. percent towards this, and it'd be like a Tinder app kind of where you could. I could say like, okay, hey everyone, I want to put a fountain on Main Street, and then if people are going through the app, they see it, they swipe right, it goes into their little yeah. slide bar thing, and then they can allocate like two percent of their taxes to the thing. And she loved the idea. That's I think it's it's really like things are becoming very real with with the governors. That, and the governor that's an example of technology that could be amazing. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. Yeah. You into the convention of states? I keep hearing it get tossed around. I mean, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't. It wouldn't shot. There's almost nothing you could tell me about the future of America that would shock me now, like a complete chaotic civil war, a federalist, you know, kind of quasi breakup, but not really. I don't know. Something woke communist gulags. Of course, that wouldn't shock I mean, like that, they already have those in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was like, saying yesterday that it seems like all the cultures on earth now have come together and they're all forcing each other on themselves. And so that's this chaos. It's not like an accident or like, oops, we fu fucked up. It's like, no, this is like, this is what happens Nothing when you blend all the cultures. He got Ian swearing. Yeah, right. I'm back to my old self. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing would make guys. me happier than just like local rule for everyone. You know, like, okay, you take care of yourself. We'll take care of ourselves. Let's just like, I, I got no problem. Like, you want to inject yeah, but hormones into your, your kids and eat each other? Okay, cool. Go to New York. That's where they do that. Except you know? they want rules over you. Oh, of course. Mm -hmm. Right. No, I get that's that. The and we got to mediate no, the, the atmosphere and like the rivers and the oceans. Well, that's and, the control thing. That's like, okay, if I can find a lever of control where you, where you are responsible for something I want, that's, I'm convinced without before... 
I've been skeptical of climate stuff for a long time for two reasons. One is because the people who are pushing it are always the same people who are pushing whatever authoritarian bullshit that comes up, right? So it's never like so someone I'm like, okay, well, this person's really smart and they know their stuff. It's always like, you know, Al Gore, right? Who's like, it's that type. But then the other thing is, it's like, hold on a minute. So you want to make me responsible for something that you get, you can't really measure, you can't attribute to me, but it's going to have to fundamentally alter my behavior and my output, but you get to decide what that is. No, that's not going to work. Right. And like, Whenever someone's like, you know, trying to make other people responsible for something and it means they get to control them, that's the reddest of red flags. Even if, like, yeah, I mean, you can look at the data. It's gotten hotter uh, in most parts of the world the last couple of years or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it, it, even if there's some truth to it. The more mm. tangible example would be like poisoning the waterway inadvertently upriver, like right. dumping chemicals in and then the other community that you're not well, That's related. measurable. Like, you could be, okay, you dumped DDT up here. All these fish died, like okay, like you can figure that out, you know, yeah. like that's like that that's tort law can handle that, you know. So but, you are a lawyer after all. Before you said don't, no, 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 I did not take the bar. Law yeah. Let's go jam. to we're gonna go to super chats. Okay. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, and share the show with your friends, and uh, head over to timcast.com, become a member to check out our new shows, Tales from the Inverted World, the new episode Sunday at t- Sundays at 10 a.m. The next episode is really amazing. It's what got me thinking about uh, the Great Filter and the apocalypse and stuff. But uh, this is Shane Cashman exploring the mystery of the lost Confederate gold. There's a bunch of weird stuff in there, death threat, someone threatened to kill him. But uh, also the uncensored Tim Katz show, which are uh, uh, Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. So we got a, a full, uh, uh, we got four of those up for you right now from this week. But let's read these super chats. All right, let's jump over and see if I can read this. It's a lot harder to read because YouTube crashed out on us again. So I'm going to, I'm going to try and read. I have to like lean forward. All right, let's see. Oh, actually we can't read them. That's amazing. Oh, okay, we can read some. Cade Schreiner, first super chat ever. I just wanted to say one thing. Love y'all. Guy, Ian is the best, though. Well, oh, hey, we're all equal. <laughs> nah, you know, I'm just doing what I do. Hey, dude. Ian's like, so. I right. am the best. Thank you for noticing. I'm, I'm the best at what I do. It's a very diplomatic answer. All right, Scott Wood says, thank you for the heads up on food shortages, gas shortages. I got 70 gallons of gas on hand, never paid over $4 a gallon, freezer full of food. What do you, what do you, what do, you do when you stock up on gas? Well, gas it's depreciates quickly. He's got to cycle that stuff through. Diesel lasts yeah. about a year. Gas won't usually last more than three months or six because months. Because of evaporation? No, no, because it, the way it's uh, processed. Like propane will last essentially, kerosene lasts forever effectively. Diesel, I think, is about a year to 18 months. And I think gas has to turn over quick. Oh, so you can cycle it without destroying it? And then no, you no, it? you got to use it. Oh, okay. Like, it won't last. I think I, there might be additives you can put in, but I don't think it like, extend it beyond six months. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Tim, seeing death in real life is exactly why veterans are some of the biggest adversaries of war. Mm-hmm. Once you see life drain from someone's eyes, you get it. Yep. Yeah, when I saw that video today of the guy in the store, yeah. it just brought, like, memories back. And feelings, man. And I always, I always say, like, I'm not like a war. I'm not, I'm not like a soldier or anything. I didn't do any of that stuff. But I've been places where people have died, and I've, I remember the first time I saw someone die, and the feeling I got was something I'd never experienced in 27 years of life. Seeing it actually happen was just, it was like, I don't know, felt like getting, having like 
just water submerged my brain like it was a like a and then there's like this gut-wrenching feeling like someone was squeezing my heart and I watched them carry that body off the street it's crazy man yeah and then watching this stuff earlier today and I'm just man I'm the crime that's skyrocketing these these woke Soros backed DAs there Soros writes an op-ed saying he's doubling down on all of this we're watching people get slashed in the street there was a guy just in New York I think it was today he was going around uh, uh, or the other day he was just punching people in the face <laughs> It's just, it's absolutely bonkers. Violent crime is up all over the country. Yeah. And yeah. it's been on the rise since COVID, probably before that. Yeah. And then you start seeing these stories like the shop owner who fires a shotgun at the dude with the rifle. And it's like, man, this is not going in a good way. And people are going to get a rude awakening when they, like, there's, there's so many people that think they want to live in like a zombie apocalypse horror movie and they uh, think it'd be fun and exciting. Uh, no. And then they're sitting there shaking with more stress they've ever experienced in their lives and they're throwing up just because of the anxiety. Uh-huh. It's crazy days, man. All right. We'll grab some more Super Chats. Alex Maggiore, is that Magri? I see the 4 p.m. story becoming the new norm. People are tired of the lawlessness and it's going to result in vigilantism, frontier justice, and maybe mafia-like protection rackets. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, you, do you see what what Brazil did? They um they have a huge problem with guys on motorcycles robbing cars, and they legalized like you can run over those motor and like there's all kinds of videos now coming out. <laughs> yeah, in I Brazil, just saw one of those. Just mowing people down Wait, with their cars. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, like people getting robbed, and then a car just comes out of nowhere slams and just it slams it runs them. right over the bike. Yeah, kills people. All this, yeah. I mean, they're killing robbers, but right. But the thing is. There's there's a there's a point where it's someone robbing you for luxury that they just they want. Right. Then there's also like you mentioned with the, the with the with Austin with the the winter apocalypse. Yeah, food. People just have no they're desperate. Yeah. And they're like That's different. You or me. Mm-hmm. But then you're going to see people like when it's about luxuries an armed population a, a, an armed society is a polite society. Yeah. If there's some guy who's going to rob a store because he wants to come up on something and he knows everyone's armed, he's going to think twice. Yep. Somebody who's starving, they don't care. No, you're right. It's like I was telling this story where I saw a fox walking into our backyard. Yeah. It's like a yard. It's like a big open acreage of the forest. But uh, Bucko, Bocus, our cat, was sitting there like a moron, just in a loaf, and, the, and looks over at the fox that's slowly creeping up to him. The fox was gaunt looking. I was surprised the fox came onto the property because we have, you know, we have dogs yeah. and humans. But this fox looked yeah. desperate, didn't care. So I actually had to stop in the middle of recording, run out and start yelling. And the fox just looked at me and didn't care. Like he was that hungry. It mm-hmm. looked, it looked gaunt. And it was probably just, so I had to just jump off and then run up and then it ran off. Yeah. And then I had to yell at my cat. Like, what are you doing? You moron is going to eat <laughs> He's you. He's still sitting this whole time. The cat is just like, what? Yep. And then he just looks at me and just looks back and then doesn't move. He's I, too I just, comfortable. I was here. like, but then I, I, I went over and I get back inside. You moron. We let them run around and do cat stuff because for the most part, they're fine. I know you, you can, you're on the risk of like coyotes and stuff like that, but we had a raccoon coming on the property because they were getting desperate. They were getting hungry or something. And then when they're desperate, they don't care about the yeah. threats. Yeah, so no. time to like not wear jewelry out in public, not hold your phone up in front of you on the street in New York. If you're walking down the street, even or just midday. not be in New York. Yeah. All right. Tim Wolak says been managing money for four years for ultra wealthy. Trusts are not the best way to shelter money. Irrevocable trusts give the money to someone else. You can't be the giver and receiver of cash. What, is it, what does that mean? 
Well, no, he's right. For, that's one type of trust is irrevocable, right? So meaning like uh, if I set up a trust for my son that's irrevocable, so it's gone to him fully, it just makes it more protected. So I can't be like there's – because sometimes you can pierce the veil with trusts and like, you know, like uh, in a lawsuit, depending on which trust it is. Irrevocables, you can't, can't do that. He's someone else's money. Yeah, it's now someone else's money. Totally, yeah. right. So we got to pay taxes on it? Like, oh, well, you always have. To, there's nothing you're doing you're not paying taxes. No, but I mean, I mean, like, let's let's say you you make a uh, hundred grand. I pay taxes. You then pay it taxes goes into trust. I I don't think the other person has to pay taxes. Once they it take depends. the money out, they they might have to, right? Uh, no, I'm not sure. I don't think so. It depends. Well, so it depends. It depends how it's set up because I know, like, uh, for kids. I think they're each allowed to get. There's a number, uh, five or ten million uh, from their parents, maybe five million a piece from parents. That's tax oh, free, and then yeah. after that, it's like death tax, where it's like eighty percent right. or whatever crazy amount. And so, like, I think that that if it's somebody else, then I'm not sure how that would work. Mm. Yeah. All right, Jordan Z says signed up for Timcast a few days ago. Also, Tim, in response to the line from Fast and Furious, it was from Fast Five when they were in Brazil. Not four. Ah. Fast Five. You're slipping. I, fact mm, checks yeah. are live here. The uh, the Fast and the Furious cinematic universe is the best cinematic universe. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, the one, this is the one where there's like 10 of them. Hold on. The best for what? I'm just, just saying overall? like race cars. I mean, how many cinematic universes are there? Two? Marvel? Well, no, Star Wars. Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. There's dozens. Oh, Trek, this is the Vin Diesel one, right? Vin Diesel where there's yeah, like... Yeah. Ta- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm completely opposed to this. We talk about this on pop culture all the time. It's the best. It's t- No, it's too many. Just stop. I mean, it's just like explosion, pretend fake dialogue. They went Another to space. Explosion. Why would they go to space? Because they had to go to space. What do you mean? Yeah. <sighs> it was amazing. Gravity. You can be uh, fascinated. Ludacris was in outer space. This is in a Fiero. Awesome. In a Fiero. I'm okay yes. with this being like a gender thing. Like, I maybe just don't get this, it, but like, it used this to be, seems stupid to me. It's, that's why it's it, awesome. It is stupid. It was about race cars and like races for the first couple. Yeah. And then it became about an action adventure movie where they And then they were like, we got to do something. We better favorite. keep writing the script. No, it, it's on purpose. Like, yeah. they did the movie Hobbs and Shaw. Which that is one part, I saw, yeah. and there's like Idris Elba's got superpowers, and I'm like, yes. Then the next movie, they go to outer space, and I'm like, even better. I hope, I swear, please, if you're listening to me, please, studio, the next movie, maybe the next one, because you're already working on it. The one after that, I want there to be like a quantum explosion that gives them all superpowers. Yeah, they got Vin sh- Diesel starts floating. They no, gotta, no, like, no, no. They should be woke epidemiologists. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> they shrink one guy down, goes into the body of the other guy, and has to fight that's dudes that and organs. Oz, like that blue hey. car- cartoon character that did that? Yeah. That movie's already been made. Huh? No, I oppose this vehemently. I, I want, Ten is too many, Tim. I want them to get superpowers. And then like, you know, Ludacris' character. And then they fight the Marvel characters. No, That'd no, no. It's, awesome. it's, they got to make their own villains, you know? And then, but then it's just like all of a sudden you've got this cinematic universe. Demon and then boy, yeah. Jason, State, Jason Statham can teleport for some reason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> The Rock can like, uh, you get super strength because he's The Rock. Vin Diesel can fly. That's organic superheroes. That's how they're right. made, you know? You have to talk it's to like, Brad about this. When like I the, told Brad I was like opposed to this, he was like, you don't understand. They make so much money. Yeah, they make like billions. they can keep going forever. Billions. But why? Why would we do this? Well, because we t- people pay. And, and we did talk about creating still. culture and making new things as opposed to rehashing the same crappy Marvel characters. So maybe that's what this universe has become or is becoming. It needs to. It's new crappy instead of old crappy. No, mm. no, no. I, I agree. It sucks. But maybe change the name from Fast and Furious because that's I still think of Cars and the, what, the, the first guy. I mean, they call it Hobbs and Shaw. It was Fast and Furious. Presents. Presents. Hobbs and Hobbs Shaw. And Shaw yeah. 
Nah, superpowers. It would be like they they went to outer space. They should they it should eventually like they're in the multiverse. Then you put Spider Man in there for some reason, like you were saying. Is it a Disney then, Stargate? Uh, Stargate. I was just watching a clip from that earlier. <laughs> James Spader. We should do it. We we should totally do a bit somehow where it's like Fast and the Furious fifty seven, and it's like. Spider-Man's in it. They go through a Stargate into the multiverse. In a 57 to, to, Chevy. To fight Klingons yeah. in, a, yeah. <laughs> in a Chevy. This is my nightmare. I would be, I would, I would pay to see that movie. Like, and oh. it was totally serious. Oh, I don't yeah. think Amazing. I could, I would take money to watch it. Do you watch movies much this, these days? No, no. I took my kids to see Top Gun 2 and they love that. But. What'd you give it on a scale from one to 10? Oh, Compared to what? Like, what's the mm. scale? The best movie of all time? I don't know. Indiana or what did you Jones, expect Temple, of it? First you... Indiana Jones, maybe. The best it's it's much better than I thought it would be. Um, I didn't think it was that good, but compared to like other movies, yeah, like it's like recent movies, last few years, yeah, it's fantastic. It, it was impressive that he flew the plane himself, Tom uh, Tom Cruise. From what I've heard, he was actually piloting. Okay. He does do a lot of his own stunts, and he I has his that. pilot's license. Oh, wait, I don't, is that not confirmed? I, I kind of doubt it. I don't know. I thought that he was piloting. I mean, certain it. scenes, well, I don't feel like. I'm not they sure. Were really Hold on, like, because they're flying the F-14s, the two-seaters. They're shooting him from the front. So how the hell is he flying the plane then? I don't think. I don't know. I don't I'm know. Not, I heard that. Maybe it I wasn't don't true. I, don't I should know. dig into it. All right, let's so read some more. We got Jay Chacha says the female who got stomped at the T-Mobile in Arizona with no one to help her. Horrible security. Oh yeah, that's no, right. Yeah, with her, no help. You saw that? She's yeah. like, the guy walks in, and then he yeah. goes, oh, could you? And then wham! Yeah. <laughs> and then just starts wailing Beat on her. Beat the shit out of her, yeah. This is why that dude in Vegas was like, nope. Yep. Not going to try and wait to find out. Yep. And I bet if it goes to trial, he's going to be like, the lawyer's going to be like, here's 500 videos yeah. showing exactly what happens to these people. Yeah. He watched these Twitter feeds all day. <laughs> and stop Asian hate. Yeah, totally. Y Your Honor, there were people marching in every major city talking yes. about how Asian people were being targeted. This guy in a ski mask jumps the, 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 the counter. Not going to wait to find out. Yep. Not going to wait to be the statistic, huh? All right. McChilla says wealthy philanthrop philanthropists should spend every last cent of their fortune and effort to get a convention of states repeal the 19th. Ha, 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 ha. The 19th. I'd say the 17th. Yeah. Well, what, what, yeah. What do you think about the 19th? Are you, uh, are, are you one of those? I don't what know. What do you mean? I mean, well, that's like a long conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The 19th Amendment granted women the right to vote. Yeah. Okay. The thing is, if I could give up my right to vote to a husband who I trusted and thought would make better decisions and it would guarantee something better, I would be open to it, right? I don't think that feminism was necessarily the best thing for this country, especially third wave feminism. But generally, no offense to all of you, but if you're willing to make a 10th Fast and Furious, like, no, I have to vote for myself. You I can't do. trust your judgment. Never trust You're someone wrong. else to do it for the, you. You just exemplified exactly why. We have to repeal the 19th so we can get a 10th fast. I think there are 10 fast. I, they're worrying yeah. on the 10th. So it, we'll, we'll do get out over the 11th. Uh, confirmed. Top, Tom Cruise did. They did like a boot camp, a three-month Navy approved boot camp training course for him and his co-stars to learn to fly. I guess they were flying. Huh. All right. There you go. He's had his pilot's license since 1994. That's impressive to me. I thought you were going to confirm how many Fast and the Furious movies. Well, dude, listen. Confirm Fast and the Furious. I mean, we all used to make bad. fun of Tom Cruise, and now it's like, oh, it turns out he was totally right about antidepressants. Oh, man, did you see that clip? Now it's <laughs> recirculating where he was talking to Matt Lauer, and yeah. he's like, dude, the psychiatric industry is for profit. I don't know if he's saying it's for profit, yeah. but he's showing like yeah. there's 
And that was incredible. I remember how they made him look crazy when yeah. he was. They're like, oh, he's a Scientologist. He's crazy. He thinks well, you can heal yourself. Are crazy about a lot of things. They're just right about that. That was fascinating. Yeah. All right, Kyler Sheb says, "Do you think New Yorkers will start eating each other or the rats first? Rats. Well, probably it'll all other. happen at once. I don't know, man. I'd rather, I'd rather I eat a person than a rat. Yeah, I think, I think so too. If those are the options, and it's like, okay, well, I, I'd rather choose neither. But plus, like, where's the major rat hunting ground? The subway, well, and you, you have to go see, down there. And do you know what's right. going to be the subway at the well, point that we're if, considering? If you humans? see rats eating a body, a human body, would you eat the human body or the rats? But like they're going to run as soon as you all? approach the body. Yeah. Or attack, you can yeah. find a piece that, that they haven't been nibbling on. I'm, I'm with you. Scavenging. No. It's a strange either-or game. I know. Right? Friday night. How about lambs? Can we eat those instead? Do you guys slaughter on the farm? Yeah. Uh, yep. All right. Sparky says, real MDMA is awesome. Mostly fake stuff out there. Really? Yes. He's right. Yeah, Was a lot it? of times they'll call it ecstasy. Yeah, that, like if you do it in a club, it's probably not MDMA. It's cut with a lot of things. Like I go to guides who get very, very good stuff. And it's methamphetamines. It's methylindioxymethamphetamine is what that stands mm-hmm. for. I have not met a lot of yeah. people who know the chemical signature name for it. Yeah, methamphetamine. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mike Gibson says, I drive for a food warehouse that supplies groceries to major distribution centers. They are jammed full. I think U.S. food shortages are going to be inconveniences, not the zombie apocalypse. This I think he's right this fall. Uh, we had a bumper week uh, harvest uh, in North Dakota and some other places. Like I was worried this winter was going to be bad, but ne- I, there, no doubt that have already happened worldwide. Sri Lanka, Ecuador, uh, uh, a couple of Ghana. Yeah. Like so, they're they're coming. They're already here, and there's going to be a lot more. The only question is how, how bad does it get in America? Right. Um, he's he's right short term. All right. Zenobia X says, y'all mentioned transhumanism often enough. I have to ask if any of you can give a definition for it that doesn't include people with tubes in their in their ears, prosthetics or pacemakers. Is transhumanism, but, but is that, that's not really the definition of it. Well, like that's all stuff you can get now, mm-hmm. like old people have. But that's what their, their point is. Their point is that transhumanism is here. It's kind of a vague oh. term because you could say that because we have a phone that people are cyberizing. But I think like a, you know, electromag like like the neural net would be an idea of a piece of transhumanist technology. I think transhumanism is. You look, we're gonna have our we're gonna be neural linked, and we're gonna be talking about how transhumanism is coming. Like their point is is excellent. People have pacemakers already. People have insulin pumps. Like humans are cyborgs. I always already. thought transhumanism was really ultimately the goal was to be uploaded into the digital sphere. Yeah, Ray Kurzweil talks right. about the singularity yeah, and, and EMs and all that stuff, emulations and all that. That's right? one form of it. Yeah, it's a vague term. Transhumanism it means a lot of. Uh, it just means that we've become more than Homo sapiens. Yeah. That we're evolving to another species, and we're probably going to evolve to multiple species at once that branch out. Robot people. Who live in the and then one metaverse. of them will try and kill all the other ones because humans have been excessively racist over through that the history of the you, culture. You play video games at all? Uh, some of them. Have yeah. you played uh, the New Horizon Forbidden West? No, no, I played video games when I was a little kid, so we play like Mario Kart and stuff. Did you play it yet? Oh, I haven't played Horizon. So, uh, spoiler alert! I mean, the game's been out for a while now, but the the ending is basically, you know, the original story is like humanity gets wiped out by self-replicating yeah. robots. Then there is the Zero Dawn Project, which once all the biomass is destroyed, 
these machines underground kick on that humans built to start recreating and re-terraforming the planet. And then in this new, the second game, there's uh, uh, humans, another, another um, operation to save humanity was the Zenith Project, I think it was called Zenith, and they escape Earth. Huh. So these people are super advanced, immortal, can float, and they have ad- advanced technology, and they come back to Earth. And then it turns out they were actually fleeing from, they uploaded their consciousness, replicating themselves, and then freaked out when they saw what it was and imprisoned it, enraging the multi-consciousness of all of their minds, which escapes and then seeks to destroy them. <laughs> so, anyway. That's funny. Tim, you didn't ask me if I play Horizon. I don't, I don't understand. I looked around and said, you guys play it? Have you played Horizon? Yeah. Absolutely not. Sorry. Oh. What's your favorite game? Well, the thing is, I have an older brother, so I spent a lot of time sitting next to someone playing video games and who was like, shut up. You, we're not, you can't play. Stop. Uh, but we did a lot of Assassin's Creed when I was younger. Oh. I just figured because you didn't watch Fast and Furious, you probably just had bad taste in games. I have right, awful anyway, taste in games. Ken in Long fact, says nothing. Ken Long says, "Love the Timcast IRL podcast. I relate to everyone on the show, including guests. You guys take me back to my seventies. Thank you. Yes. Well, all right. The seventies or his seventies? To my seventies. Okay. All right. Oh. All right. Ugly Swan says to my dearest Ian, we should chat sometime. I love your hungry mind. I think EU theory is showing itself. Uh, showing itself culture." Uh, The eagle eats the serpent. Jupiter strikes Mars. Mm. Interesting. Some wild, uh, wild information right there. Dr. Doctor says, Tim just referenced SSBSTS. Dude is definitely a CKY fan. Well, of course, if you know how old I am, you know that I watched CKY when I was. What's that? uh, It's it was Bam Margera. The CKY was the band. Then he made a video where it was them engaging in shenanigans. Some skateboarding, some pushing people in before Jackass. Yeah. Oh. And then they made CKY2K, which was a huge viral. All the skate shops had it. All right. TX Packrat says Texas Packrat, prepping isn't just about storing food and having guns. Get handwood working tools, a metal lathe, and a mill. If a part breaks on my gun, I can make it. No store needed. He's well, not wrong. Go. Yeah. I didn't talk about everything, but he's not community. You know. I like how you emphasize how prepping it also means prepare your community. That's like probably the know. most important part is community. Yeah, definitely. It definitely is. Yeah. All right. Ugly Swan says, damn, you brought up Magic the Gathering. I have to comment. Ian, how do you play Magic? Do you thirst for war? I brought my Bruna back out and I'm loving it. Uh, I'm pretty utilitarian. If I'm playing against someone that has a deck that's going to go infinite, I'll kill them as fast as possible. If, he's talking about me. About, if Tim plays blue, he's done. <laughs> um, but I like trickery, and I like to watch the, what they do and then respond to the enemy usually. All my decks are blue. Yeah, Tim plays pretty nasty deck. Cause it's also no, pay to, pay to win. red. I know. That's what I was thinking about. Red artifact. It, decks they, that are trained to win on turn four, you have no choice. You have to go after them first. They could just be making up words right now. We uh, would never know. Oh, we should play Magic. It's great. Right now? Let's do Let's it. bust them out. Yeah, we bought, we bought a whole bunch I, of the sets for I've Dread. never played. It's great. Yeah, yeah but, you, but you understand. I know what that. it is. I, get, I understand the game. I just don't know anything about it. Yeah. I love, yeah. I love Burn, you know, if, it's, if you can sustain it. Yeah, we did, we did a draft, and I put together an aggro deck. And it, it fell victim to all of the uh, uh, Ian a basically had a mid ra- or something. mid-range. Yeah. Well, I couldn't get enough damage in before he got his, you know, creatures out. And then that's how you lose with aggro. He got me. I like drawing cards a lot, too. Cards like decks where I do like 35 things in one turn. I love that stuff. All right. GU Knight says, Tim, what are your thoughts on adding a message board to the site? It would be a good place for members to talk about news, current events, and link sources. A good way to check the pulse of your fans. Yes. So the one thing is... 
we're we've been we've been trying to develop a new commenting system, and um, we're, we're trying to do it in a way that promotes other uh, social social platforms. Because like I don't want to say too much, but how Facebook has the you know most websites that have comments, we'll just like put a, a Facebook comment thing on it. You can embed it. So we want to do something like that with a different platform. We might just put back on the original um, comments, and uh, we were thinking about doing some kind of messaging system for for members, so that there's a community building thing happening. But uh, the issue is we have like one developer, and so it's 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 an issue of how much we can afford and how fast we can do it. But yeah, first I was like that. screw Facebook, but at the same time, it's like some comments are better than no comments, so it might be worth yeah. it as a stepping stone. And if we did Facebook comments, you snap your fingers and they're there. It's like really easy to generate, and then it posts on Facebook, and then people can share on Facebook. So, but Facebook is awful. All right, Waffle Sense. He says, Tim, y'all run Commander, right? What commanders do you run? My Omnath, Locus, Locus of Mana will destroy you. And to the viewers, teach your kids magic because they won't be able to afford drugs. Yes, Magic the Gathering is an expensive game. That's what Ian was saying, pay to win. Yeah, but it, I mean, honestly, you could just download pieces of paper that have the images on them, cut them up, put some cardboard on it and play. You don't proxies. actually need the, yeah, proxies if you really want to play. Not, not you can't do it in tournaments, but you know, typically when we're playing at home, make the deck you want to make to play the best. Dude, you know? I don't think your Omnath deck can beat Tim's Kiki Jiki deck. I mean, that thing is like a net deck just built to slay. It's, it's, and like, it's golden. Yeah, golden. the cards are golden. No, but all the just, cards are foil, except for the ones that are like alpha and beta. That's awesome. It's so really it's like insanely expensive deck. Kaikar, that one's also kind of ridiculous. That's my favorite deck. Red, white, and blue. Red, white, and blue, baby. America. Then your other one is Thassa of the Deep. Is that what oh, that one's... That deck's that ridiculous. Deck it's just, dude, you, you should play Tim sometime. It's not fun. Oh, they'd lose. It's not fun. No, you've got to... We roll... Yeah, it's not... No, no. We, like, I mean, it's fun if you like just like the really gag is fast that games. Ian and I got to the point where we would just roll a die and whoever got the highest would be like, oh, good game. Because whoever goes first wins. Yeah, whoever gets the mana crypt first. Yeah, I mean, it just, whoever goes first, man. All right. Howard says, Trump's an actor. Dero contracts. O-X-R-P to get you by. What? I don't know what that means. All right, let's see. Tim Wolak says, don't into the show. Ian, some love. Donating to show Ian some love, man gets too much hate here. Oh, here, thanks, here. homie. Really? I feel like I could have hated on you way more. You could <laughs> have a great yeah. conversation. Do it. Do it I'll now. say stuff I think that provokes people's, you know, insecurities sometimes. Yeah. And I just it's better to be honest than to, yeah, I'm to with you. receive All right. I find. Garhant says Trump, level twelve bard, college of lore, strength eleven, dexterity eight, constitution fourteen, intelligence sixteen, wisdom eight, charisma twenty. Favorite attack. Cutting words, weaknesses, cream-filled lard burgers. Fix your pitches email if you want to DM. We have disabled the pitches email. Yeah, we had to. That was a great uh, description, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Beastly Devil says, Tim, you son of a gun. You kept bringing up Battlestar Galactica and decided to watch it. Best decision I have made and one of my favorite sci-fi shows now. Adama Sr. Is, is, is my character and a great leader. So say we all. Dude, that the show. The old school Battlestar? New one. Well, uh, I don't know. The in old the, school one was badass. In the 70s? Yeah. I haven't seen it. That's good. You know, what's, what's crazy is, so you know the, I, I'm assuming the stories are very similar. Or right. You've seen the new the new one? No, I haven't. So the Cylons destroy the, the, the colonies, right. and then the fleet is just traveling, and all they have left are these fleet of ships. Yeah. And then there's one plot where there's a ship that's just mining, effectively, coal. Like So it's all of these people have to work 16-hour days with no breaks, and they're just slaves. And they're like, if you stop working, we all die. And so then there's a revolt, and then there are like other people have to rotate in because they're gonna just kill themselves or something. 
Show's brutal. Yeah, crazy. And then in the end, they make it to Earth. And then they're like, the people on Earth are compatible with us. It's like, okay, that's weird. That's like a weird plot point, but I guess. (laughs) All right. Chris Van Doom. Derm. Tim and Ian, have you heard of the trading card game Flesh and Blood? I quit competitive Magic the Gathering after 15 years for this game. It's amazing. You'll both love it. We'll take a look. We actually have a, a, a card game in development right now um, about uh, culture war politics and stuff being developed. Yeah, it was where I built the, Tim and I built the uh, the database and Seamus did the art. Freedom Tunes just did the art. But now we do have like a game master who's mm-hmm. combing through it and setting it up and fixing game it. Game testing, yeah. All right. Marshall Mello says, Chris's opinion piece yesterday was one of the most unintelligent and disgusting things I've ever read. Somebody needs to check his mental health seriously. Wow. Outraged. I think Chris wrote that he was pro-choice, pro-abortion. Yeah. He said it. The headline is something like I, uh, I, I'm because I believe in the Bible, I'm uh, pro-choice or pro-abortion. Uh, I have to say, Chris Carr is like the backbone of all of my work. So <laughs> he can write whatever opinion piece he wants. I mean, he's a well, he's a very intelligent guy. And so I'm, I'm Marshall. I'm glad you read it. I'm glad yeah. you've expressed your opinion, disliking it, because that's a good thing. And I'm glad Chris wrote it. Yeah, if it uh, makes you think it's worth being there. I mean, that's the the point of effective op-ed pieces. Right. And then Mar- uh, uh, Marshall, for for your thoughts, it should arm you against. This is the thing. Like, read people you disagree with express your disagreement and now you're better equipped to argue your ideas that's what i'm all about so that's a good thing all right sparky says star trek the original series is the only good star trek next generation next generation uh what about what about you original series i mean i thought like it depends. So if we're talking about captains, I mean, Kirk, far and away better than some fucking Frenchman, right? <laughs> but if you're talking about overall series, I can Frenchman. see I can see the argument for Next Generation. Yeah, they had, they had the opportunity to improve upon it. Yeah, you know? it was. There were a lot of elements that were better. What do you think now? Do you, do you watch the Orville? No. I'm actually really impressed with Seth MacFarlane. He did a whole episode about detransitioning kids that were forced to transition. And right. like, they... they like, spoiler alert, I guess, for those that don't want to hear it, because it was like a couple weeks ago. But they did an episode where one of the planets in the Union was ejected because they were force forcing kids to transition. It's like, it's a crazy, I'm like, I can't believe he wrote this stuff. Yeah. But like, as long as he's willing to write these stories, maybe some of these people who follow him, because he's very Democrat, might actually yeah. be exposed to some other ideas. Yeah. Basically, the plot was... On their planet, they don't allow women. They force transition them to male. And then this kid grows up and is like, this is not what I'm supposed to be. And then there's like a conflict with the traditions of the planet that want to transition kids. Mm -hmm. The kid detransitions. And then the planet is trying to stop like their smugglers rescuing these kids from being forced to go undergo sex changes. Mm -hmm. It's crazy that he wrote this story. And then they've done two episodes on it. Yeah. Yeah, but I can promise you, uh, I'm I could totally be wrong. I'm betting that that that's his vision of like the the smugglers were the blue states and the planets the red states. I don't, you know, some people have said like he's trying to make a story about why kids should transition, but I'm like I don't know about what you think he's thinking. All yeah. I know is he did a show where they forcefully transition a baby. Yeah. Seth MacFarlane literally says you can't perform a sex change on a baby that's unethical. Yeah. And then they, they've got several episodes now where they're trying to stop minors from undergoing sex changes. So I'm like, all right, well, 
Like you'd think okay. you'd be canceled heavily for, for getting into that territory. Huh. My friends, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button? Subscribe to this channel. Share the show if you do like it. Become a member at TimCast.com to support our work. It is the weekend. Tomorrow, Ian and I, Carter, several other people, including Adrian Norman, Pete Parada, uh, we are going to be filming a music video. I'm really, really excited for this. It's going to be really, really cool. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me at TimCast. Uh, Tucker, you want to shout anything out? No. Nothing? You got social media? <laughs> no, the, or? I mean, you can TuckerMax.com or whatever. I'm on social, but yeah. Right on, man. Thanks for thanks for hanging thanks out. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm Hannah Claire. You can find me on Instagram at HannahClaire.B. And you can find me, of course, on TimCast.com with Chris Carr, the controversial opinion writer and executive editor. Follow me at IanCrossland.net. Get through to my socials from there. Uh, hit me up anywhere on any network. And I was on Pop Culture Crisis earlier today. If you haven't seen the episode yet, you can watch it on YouTube at Pop Culture Crisis. Tucker, it's really good to meet you, man. That was really Thank profound. You. Some of that, especially just talking about the MDMA and like psychological therapy. I think it's a huge part of the story moving forward. And Thank thanks you. for coming, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Bye, everyone. And Chris is here. <laughs> thanks for watching. <laughs> uh, check out other shows, Pop Culture Crisis. And uh, we'll be back Monday with, uh, with another episode. We got, I, I just want to say this. Monday is going to be one of the best episodes we've ever had. I'm super excited for who's coming. We normally don't announce the guest talks. We don't want to jinx it, but you guys are going to be so excited. I am honored. It's an honor and a privilege. So just uh, stay tuned for Monday, and we'll see you all then. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.